Welcome everyone to Papa Spice's Hot Takes with Hans and Harry. How is everyone out there in internet land doing? We hope you are doing well. Uh, I am your host with the most Papa Spice, and I'm joined by two of my very best buds, Hans and Harry, as we discuss and dissect all things pop culture, but especially a focus on with a focus on movies and TV. Um, boys. <laughs> how you doing tonight uh as the crow flies <laughs> i love saying that uh this is the tuesday before thanksgiving so we got that coming up uh hands how you feeling bud i'm good i'm back i i'm you know uh it's it's very uh i know the last guys you guys held it together pretty well uh covering stuff that you know i didn't follow anything <laughs> just I did listen, barely i did listen yeah, to, to, to the episode you guys were we were talking about some movies that uh, i'll probably never see uh in my lifetime but <laughs> Um, I'm glad that you guys, uh, you know, had some stuff to talk about. It, it seemed pretty good. I listened to a new segment. You guys did fantastic. Uh, it was great. But um, wow. you know, I, you know, I, 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 I was very, I was very pleased. I, I felt, you know, now I can, I can take more days off, and you guys can cover news. So that's great. Uh, but I, I am getting very little sleep. Um, but you know, it's worth it. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't. I, I guess really sold it there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just you wait. It's a lot of up every three, four hours, and then uh, taking notes. I'm taking notes. Gotta, gotta go to work. It's uh, it's it's fun. Um, you really don't real. You really start to uh, realize how important it is to remember the first half of the day because I don't do it anymore. Um, I make it to about noon and one, and then it's just basically like a time. Like some, I feel like I miss time, and I don't know where I, how I got the point A to point B. So. It's great. It's great when you drive home and you realize this is the first time I'm operating a car today when it's really not because I had to get to work somehow. <laughs> Love that for you. You just zone out and you, you pop up six hours yeah, later. I just, I, I'm like, oh, wait. I, it just hits me at 1130. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm at work. How'd I get here? So, oh, yeah. well, uh, how is your bouncing baby girl doing? Is she, she bouncing? Is, she's not. We bounce her. Um, but <laughs> okay. we, she's not bouncing on her own yet. Uh, That's she's a weird doing great. Turn of <laughs> I know she's doing great. Uh, you know, okay. we, uh, like I said, she just, yeah, babies are so, it's such a great thing. It's such a, like a, a special thing, but babies don't do anything. They just lay there and eat, sleep, poop. Like it's, it's a, they just stare at you. It's, it's, it's awesome. And it's not, it sucks. It's such a juxtaposition, it's, right? It's like, it's the event <laughs> of it happening and it's great and leading up to it. And then, you know, we're four or five weeks in and it's just, Okay. You are you will you do anything? So do you're something. Not, you're not doing anything. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um but she is she I did uh, the good thing with a newborn is I showed her Goodfellas last week. And hey, started she, uh, like it. Yep. She was really sad when uh what they did to Tommy. So, mm. you know. It's messed no up. So are you gonna do a double feature and show her uh Killers of the Flower Moon next? No, not yet, no. But she has seen uh three of the whatever ten Saul movies. Uh, so she's, she's you know, it, it's it's great because she has no Hold idea what's on. going on. It's eleven. There's spiral. You can't forget 11, spiral. Right. I forgot about spiral. <laughs> so uh, she has seen a uh, three of the eleven. She's seen one through three. She's doing great. She loves them. Nice, nice. Yeah. Join us next week uh, for Riley's takes on all the Saw movies. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait. I can't doing wait. A Saw ranking. I can't wait till someone from the D- yeah. Can't wait from someone from DHS is listening to this episode and uh, they start knocking on my door, wondering what I'm showing my child. Oh, it's all good. I don't. She can't technically see yet, anyway, right? No, no she's fine. Yeah. Her eyes are she's sleeping half the time. There like, wake up! You're missing the best part. Hair, uh, how are you doing, pal? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks so much for asking, Papa. Um, 
We missed Chris on the last episode. The news segment was definitely not uh, award-winning, top-notch quality. Uh, we tried our best. We had a sad song. It didn't play. Uh, it was a, it was an entire mess. We we could we couldn't honor you properly. Uh, you were missed. And uh, thank you. We got oh. to talk cool about cool film festival movies. That was fun. But uh, <laughs> you know, I had to do a lot of legwork on that. So glad to have you back. Um, yeah, I mean, I love Thanksgiving. I'm super excited. It's two days away. Can't wait for work to be over tomorrow. Uh, sorry, work. But yeah, just can't wait for Wednesday to be uh, over. Um, and enjoy the four-day weekend. So hopefully um, our listeners out there have some time to get with their family and spend time together eating, drinking, being merry. Uh, this is the season uh, as we ramp up here for the holidays. So, Yeah, amen, man. Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays. Um, you're just sitting there enjoying company, eating great mm. food, maybe watching some football. It's all gravy. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Young gravy. You know what I mean? Yes. It's all young gravy. Uh, I just recommended young gravy to somebody the other day, and I don't think they, uh, I don't think they bit. They said, okay, <laughs> old man. Yeah. All right, can I can well, I ask? They're like, what's, what's, the, what's young gravy? What is this? What is this joke? Oh, oh geez. dude, young, no, it's not a joke. Greg. Young gravy's a rapper. Um, oh, dude, okay, well, <laughs> yeah, Spotify some of his songs after we're done. Okay, don't. You'll probably be fine. Uh, no, definitely do because he's great. Okay. <laughs> um, my ten-year-old yeah, nephew and Greg vibe into Young Gravy. Couldn't. I mean, is this, like, is this like real rap? Like, or is it like if you remember yeah. Wesley Willis from? Like twenty years ago, who sang the dude, McDonald's song? <laughs> the, what? Yeah, I don't know, dude. That's it's esoteric, even for me. <laughs> it's oh, the McDonald's yeah. rapper. <laughs> just thinking about it, I'll have to play for you. I'll have to play for you guys tomorrow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to can't check wait. that for sure. You can't play it. Um, <laughs> um, no, young Young Gravy's a real thing. He's a real rapper. Um, he's got some pretty sick beats and dope lyrics um okay. as the kids say but besides that now i'm really looking forward to uh thanksgiving i took an extra day off so i'm gonna have that sweet five-day weekend there yeah um, beautiful good good man. really looking forward to that and yeah i've been a little sicky uh since we last recorded i mentioned on the previous episode i, I was sick and then i missed some of the film festival got better uh, for a week and then just got knocked sick out again, again. Yeah. yeah so Kind of been going through it with that, but uh, I'm on the mend, thankfully. And uh, hey, you know what? I'm with my buds. We're here talking movies, so I can't all be bad, right? Uh, so with that said, let's talk some news. And now our roving reporter, our man on the street, making his triumphant return. Hot takes. That's right. The one, the only Pulitzer Prize nominated. Christopher Hand, Ratty Man on the Street. <laughs> I, I I missed that. I really did. Yeah, me too, man. I'm still trying to get that to like happen whenever <laughs> I walk into a room. It's just not working yet. <laughs> well, soon. All right. Well, guys, let's just get started. Box office stuff. Uh, so over the weekend, had a new release at number one, Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which follows the Hunger Games series prequel. Uh, I don't know how many years it takes place before the original trilogy, but I'm going to say somewhere around like 50 or 60 yeah, you're I'm in sure. the ballpark. Uh, follows the story of, um, I don't know the girl's name, and President Snow. Lucy Gray. Um, Lucy Gray and uh, and the soon-to-be President Snow, 
um, during uh, District 12 of the uh, the the Hunger Games time period of, on Pan Am, as it's called. Um, so yeah, uh, that that opened up with uh, number one with 44.6 million. Uh, number two was Trolls Band Together with 30 million, uh, sequel to the Trolls movie. I don't know anything about that. Just that Justin Timberlake uh, had a song blow up from that from the first one, and apparently this song has an insane Can't song stop in the it. Feeling. Um, so that's cool. Uh, Thanksgiving number three horror movie, ten point three million dollars, and the shocking, 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 shocking number four movie, which is the Marvels, which uh, to my understanding, as we had ten point one, which was, uh, if I looked at the number eight, a seventy eight percent drop off, which is uh not the best record to hold, which is the uh, biggest second weekend drop from one from week one to week two for any superhero movie. Uh, so that is not uh. Not great, great, Bob. Not great for Marvel. Uh, so yeah, that that's a huge drop, um, especially with only get one from number one to number four in just one week, and then rounding up top five is Five Nights at Freddy's with three point six million. Uh, still have not seen that, have not played it. I think you guys talked about <laughs> it on the last episode. I don't think uh, I I don't I don't know too much about the game. I know it's supposed to be like a horror game, um, but yeah, that that killed it. Uh, that actually opened huge when it did. Um, and you know, I think they're already like pushing a sequel, um, but that that's the top five. Uh, now I know you guys were organizing a Hunger Games viewing. I know Harry, you saw it, Greg. I, I did. You did you see it, Greg? Or? No, I've never seen any of the Hunger Games. Okay. I will say this one looked the most appealing of any of them to me, but uh, still not appealing enough to get me into the auditorium for it terrible take all right hack okay <laughs> yeah um you know I'll, I'll i really enjoyed it uh i gave it a four stars out of five um i just had a i had a lot of fun with it it was surprising i didn't read the book i do believe uh suzanne collins who wrote the book uh who's written all the books actually uh i believe she is pretty detailed in her writing so i think some of that is hard to translate on the screen um I don't know how much book lovers have enjoyed this, um, but uh, I was happy to see it at number one. Uh, it'll be tough to see on the next pod we do if, if it continues to be number one with Thanksgiving holiday, but I think it'll still be strong. Um, Can I just ask a yeah. quick spoiler question yeah. for this? Let's sure. do it. Um, this is how many movies? Is it the fifth movie? Fourth. Uh, no, fifth, fifth, movie. Yeah, fifth, 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 fifth movie. Right. So the last they one broke two parts. Mocking Jay. Yeah. Up in the two parts. Yeah. Why? Why is everybody still hungry? Great. Uh, great question. Um, terrible joke. Uh, <laughs> your your illness is getting to you, Greg. Uh, you're really really grasping My at some straws here. Um, I like that. Yeah, Sorry. I hated it, but it's fine. Uh, I would definitely check this out if you're a fan of the series. Uh, even if you're not, I'd say there there's something in this worth checking out. Um, I think it's, you know, it has the IP, it has the book to kind of follow in regards to being, uh, I think, a well-told story, well-told story and well, well done. Uh, the director, I think, for this one also did three of the other movies, except for maybe the first one. Oh, um, wow. So it has that kind of we know what we're doing here type of type of deal. So um, I'd say it's a lot of fun uh, and worth checking out. Trolls, is, as Cans mentioned, I think that uh, I mean, I don't know. I I don't have anyone in my life who's like Trolls is out. When are we going? 
Uh, so that's that's good. I'm seeing Thanksgiving tomorrow. Um, you know, obviously, I'll save my Marvel thoughts when we talk about it. And uh, yeah, we've already talked about the number five movie. Not surprising. It's uh, it's fallen off in the months leading up into uh, November uh, with a movie like that for horror. So sorry, Five Night. But uh, yeah, definitely Songbirds and Snakes worth checking out. Uh, it's funny because Trolls, I was talking to my wife and she's like, oh, yeah, Trolls is out. And I feel like there was a period of like maybe a month or two. It was probably over the summer, actually, where. I feel like I couldn't escape that stupid trailer. Yeah. And now it's time for the actual release of the movie. And I didn't even realize it was out. So yeah. it just kind of honestly, like, when, when Chris was talking box office, I was like, I know what probably number one is. And I can guess Marvel's is in there, but I was like, I have no idea. And then he said, trolls. And I said, Oh, that is out. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I didn't know if that was coming out next week or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then, Thanksgiving. Um, I definitely want to see that as well. A big, big horror head over here. It seems like the reviews are kind of middling or whatever, but hey, I'm down for a, a slasher and double down for a uh, holiday themed one. So definitely plan on checking it out at some point. Hopefully I can get out to the theater, but if not, I'll definitely watch it when it hits uh, streaming. And then Marvels we'll talk about later and Five Nights. Uh, not going to go into that. So uh, my next thing I was going to talk about, I know it was a joke via text when we were talking about, it, was more of the uh, rumored casting for Fantastic Four, which that that story died down really, really quick with uh, Pedro <laughs> Pascal being um, Reed Richards, which apparently I don't know. I still don't know if it's true or not. Uh, I I am on the internet a lot, so I just believe anything I read. Um, so, uh, uh, at this point, you're no one... number one guy, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go off on this for a second because <laughs> it, drives, it drives me insane. <laughs> Inevitably, you have the three major trades, which are the Hollywood Reporter, Variety, Deadline. One of them will come up with this casting news and they'll say, such and such is being eyed for a role or so-and-so is in talks or, you know, whatever, something along those lines, they will always stop short of saying contract assigned. This person's a lock for this. This person's been cast. That is just the way it goes with these scoops. And then every friggin' little podunk poster on the <laughs> internet <laughs> will take the story and run with it. So-and-so has been cast. And it's like, I don't know if they're being intentionally misleading to get clicks or if they just didn't open the article and take the five seconds to skim it, but it drives me bonkers and people are like, Oh, did you hear about this casting? Blah, 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 blah. I'm just so over the casting hype train and like that stuff does not help it whatsoever. Like, stop running with a story that isn't true <laughs> if you're gonna run with the story and and cite the original source which most of these places do get the facts right just just add you know rumored casting like that's all you got to do is one extra word not such and such has been cast because that's the exact Preach. thing that happened with this pedro pascal thing and then you had a similar thing with like javier bardem being rumored for galactus when like for months and months and months, it was like, oh, Adam Driver's a lock for Mr. Fantastic. And now all of a sudden, Pedro Pascal's a lock. For months and months and months, it was Antonio Banderas is a lock for Galactus. And now all of a sudden, it's Javier Bardem's a lock. And it's like, 
I don't think you're grasping what a lock is. <laughs> like, just stop. <laughs> Report accurately or don't say anything. So I think I saw – I got like – I got with the hype train where I saw it because it came out of nowhere to be honest. I didn't expect to see that. And uh, uh, here's the thing. If that's the case, sure. OK. I think he'll do great. The guy is a, a fantastic actor. Uh, outside of that, uh, I, you know, I, I, I remember seeing your reaction when I was like, I'm going to cover this on the news after we talked about, oh. um, you know, just that when we we're going to record. Uh, I haven't seen anything since. I, I haven't seen anything related to Fantastic Four in the past, like, four or five days. So uh, so that got shot down pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, on, on other casting stuff, this is actually, uh, to my understanding, confirmed. Uh, you know, uh, Nicholas Holt is being uh, – has been – cast as Lex Luthor in Superman Legacy, whatever it's called, directed by James Gunn. So he's joining David Cornsweet and I do not know her name. Sorry, Rachel Bra- Brosnahan as Lois Lane. Is an interesting choice, I guess. I don't know. Uh Nicholas Holt's no, you know, no stranger to superhero um the superhero world. He played Beast in um the prequel x-men trilogy whatever that is uh the day not days of future but yeah dead, whatever you know uh first class that's it i'm sorry uh so i guess they're they're again they're going with a younger lex luther uh i don't think it's going to be as uh energetic and and goofy as the jesse eisenberg one uh inspired casting i guess maybe towards the michael rosenbaum from smallville casting throw it over to you guys uh i know nicholas holt i i don't know i i think i i Someone CGI'd him. I guess they they removed like gave him the bald head, and it looked he looks the part. I think he'll look good, but it's a matter of you know, can he can he act? Harry, I mean, he can, do you mind but... if I jump at this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. I know you uh, love your takes. I'm chomping at the bit. All right. So before we even get into this, a quick Google of Nicholas Holt Superman has articles from The Hollywood Reporter, Variety, and Deadline. Well, Deadline is saying Nicholas Holt lands the role, but if you look in the article, it's it says James Gunn is in talks with him. Hollywood Reporter, Nicholas Holt in talks to play Lex Luthor. Variety, I Superman Legacy, Nicholas Holt in talks to play Lex Luthor. You and Catfished, bro. <laughs> but this is the point I of go my, by my earlier previous statement. <laughs> I believe anything I read on the internet. That's why he's award-winning, like, folks. That's why he's award-winning. Yeah. <laughs> but this, is, this just goes to my point where, like, you'll get one straight source – um, one of these trades, and then people just run with it, and then it's like Nicholas Holt's been cast, blah blah blah. What do you think? And before anybody even goes back to look at the actual articles, it's already like confirmed um, in people's heads. Um, so whatever. But Nicholas Holt as Lex Luthor, if he is indeed going to be the choice, cool, I'm for it. I think he'll do a bang up job. Um. <laughs> A lot of people have been saying how he he auditioned for Batman and Superman and didn't get it, so he gets Lex. So Religion, it's like that is his story. villain. Yeah. Um, so I'm cool with that. I think I think he'll do fine. Uh, and yeah, you shave your head. I mean, pretty much anybody's going to look like Lex. So yeah, it's whatever. Uh, Harry, what about you? What do you think about Beast being Lex? Yeah, um, I mean, I like Nicholas Holt. I think he would be a solid choice. I, I, the main thing about this is for me is that I trust James Gunn. I guess when it comes to casting, especially when it's, I don't want to say ensemble movies. I mean, I think you get a little bit easier 
throws at the dartboard when you're casting more ensemble. And I know, you know, he's going to play a prominent role, but you know, I mean, for guard for most of guardians, I don't have any complaints about, you know, the characters who were played or the style they were played. I mean, I know you guys care a little bit more, you know, specifically to each character and for the suicide squad. Um, I felt like, you know, uh, redoing that, even though, you know, whoever's choice and decision that was, I thought all the characters he picked were fun, had great chemistry. So, you know, I don't see any reason why uh, this wouldn't be the case here. So, so good luck to you, Nicholas, if, uh, if you're hired. So, but uh, we'll let you know uh, if you're hired. So. Cool. All right. Next, uh, I'm only going to touch on this because it, it really kind of took the, uh, the internet by mm. storm. So last oh, week, man. the, the, you know what it is. The long awaited trailer for Madam Web was released. Um, I could have waited I, a little longer. <laughs> I don't. Uh, this is, of course, Put that a. Back uh, in the oven, man. This Let is it cook. <laughs> including two Venom movies, three, including two Venom movies, a Morbius. Morbius. And I think. Craven, Craven coming out. Craven's Craven not out yet. So this will be the, the fourth. The four, the fourth out of five villain superman or i don't know if she's a villain or not i don't know too much about her uh basically a spider-man yeah, character right. villain that she's, does not she's a good guy okay that does not include spider-man in the story uh it's i'm sure to be a financial uh success uh yeah madam web starring dakota johnson uh sydney sweeney i believe is her name uh she just seems to be everywhere i don't know anything about her adam scott's in this movie great uh, maybe rumored to play maybe Good a young Ben Parker. Uh, maybe going to be a young Ben Parker. So uh, cool. I guess you know at the end they're going to have a Spider-Man tie-in where he, you know, little Peter comes. I don't know. I, this movie looks awful. I'm just going to go out and say it. This movie looks absolutely terrible. The dialogue in it looks like it was written. Sounds like it was written by a seven-year-old. Uh, I don't. I don't. I am not excited for this movie. The only reason I brought this up is because the internet is tearing it to pieces, as it should. This looks like, and Greg, we talked about it earlier, one of the worst trailers I've ever seen. And I don't know if, uh, Harry, have you had a chance to watch this yet? I did. I sat uh, in the theater for a uh, ballad of uh, Songbirds and Snakes. I would have stood up and left. through a three-minute trailer. That. <laughs> that, that would have that made me hate movies. If I was in a movie theater and I saw that right before Nicole Kidman's little intro, I would have got up and left like that. They should have showed Nicole Kidman leaving the theater watching that trailer. <laughs> so. I, I'm sorry. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she should have went to the Amazon I, she went to study spiders before her mother. I will oh, say um, Chris is again showing his age by not knowing who young gravy and Sydney Sweeney are. So uh, Sydney Sweeney is. <laughs> so just continue to be run that dad duty. My dude. Um, I, isn't uh, she on that show that Euphoria show or yeah Euphoria Euphoria Jesus Euphoria I don't know they don't call them the best in the biz for nothing folks um so this movie has a lot of people in it that you think hey if you put a well designed script and have some fun uh you could have something here you know I'm not saying you need to have a Spider Verse type script or that quippy or, or fun um. But there's definitely actors with potential, and this just looks like a drag. It, I don't know who this is for. <laughs> uh, from what I ever. heard, the villain is is a is a poor man's Morbius, which, um, you know, I guess is is a shout. 
I don't know why you wouldn't like use a Morbius maybe in this to kind of connect some things uh, or, you know, I don't know any of the other, as Chris stated villains. Uh, yeah, I'm not excited for this. I wish this film the best of luck and, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. It's a travesty. Uh, this is, this is the type of movie that when it comes out, it's really hard to be like, I'm a film guy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, people are like, what's up with that Madam Web stuff? And you're like, I don't even know how to explain this to you because you're not going to see it. Uh, or even if you do, you'll probably be like, I thought it was okay. And it's like, I don't want to engage with you anyway. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible trailer. Uh, not exciting at all. Um, yeah, rough. It's going to be rough. Uh, it's rough. Also, well, we're not well, going to cover it. I, I'll the, say this now. We're not covering it. The, oh, no. the, the villain, I guess, Ezekiel Sims, how I remember sure. that, I do not know how that's stuck with you're me. You're killing it, man. You're, you're, that's um, why you're number one boy. <laughs> um, he looks like he's wearing a Spider-Man suit that's unlockable in Spider-Man 2. In the video game, that's what he looks like. Yeah, it looks like it. It looks like a secret costume. That if I complete a side mission, I get that. I don't know. Mm. Tough, Greg, um, tough, tough, tough. Yeah, Madam Web. Oh, how do I hate thee? Let me count the ways. Um, first of all, absolutely one of the worst trailers I have ever seen. It looks like a pilot for a CW show. I mean, it's terrible, and it just. It irks me that money was thrown at this instead of like some medium budget or like low budget or several low budget movies um, that would have merit. Um, nobody's asking for this. And it just, uh, it looks such poor quality. Like, I'm not interested in the cast. Um, the characters are all extraneous to Spider Man. So I don't really care about them. They certainly don't merit their own movie. Ezekiel Sims is actually a really cool character in the comic books, but he's a good guy. So I don't know how they turn him bad. Like his story is he uh, he tells Peter that um, basically all the people with spider powers get it supernaturally. They're all part of like a spider totem and their mm. powers are supernatural. Um, and he actually helps fight, uh, this evil bad guy called Moreland, uh, who was a pretty cool villain. None of that matters though, because it looks like they completely changed Ezekiel Sims and Moreland isn't there. So I don't know what the play is, but that's just, I, man, so disappointing on all fronts with this movie. 100%. I absolutely will not watch this. I'm calling it right now. This is going to be another Morbius. Tim, our buddy Tim, you can throw 200 bucks my don't way. Call. I still won't watch it. Yeah, so don't invite me to the uh, Thursday night show. But, like, I don't know. I just It frustrates me that somebody out there is getting paid to present this. And I'm sure they are being paid well. And it's like, what are we doing here? You know, I it's disgusting. <laughs> it's Can genuinely I, disgusting. But in all serious, I will say, okay, sorry, okay. sorry. No, go, I mean, no, one more thing. Yeah. The only good thing to come of this is all of the classic movie scene quotes that are using the quote from the trailer, which is my True. mom was researching spiders in the Amazon before she died. I love yeah. that meme and I am retweeting every single one I see uh, because it's so <laughs> absurd. 
but everything else can just out here, be man. thrown out. Like, yeah, this this better be a straight to Walmart two dollar DVD bin movie. Um, I have a suggestion for. I know we we did a while ago. We talked about having like you know an after hours uh, episode mm. where you know, more for the for the adult listeners. Um, uh-huh. If we if we ever do you know do do that and uh, can we please Doo-doo. can we just the topic of the conversation might be can we all just watch <laughs> the two Venom movies Morbius uh-uh. and Madam Web and Bro, just killing me don't put just, that it, on me Ricky Bobby I have a finite time a finite amount of time on this planet I do not want to rewatch <laughs> Venom movies and Morbius right. imagine and Madam Web. Imagine you closing your 365 for the year list and the last <laughs> movies you watch are those. <laughs> Venom, Venom Blood, Every Carnage. Yeah. I, I um, genuinely was on, think I would throw up right afterwards. <laughs> that was on TV the other night. Uh, I watched five minutes of it and it went off very quickly. Uh, it looked awful. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I saw somebody on Twitter or X or whatever um, praising the CG in the two Venom movies and I had to um, – I had to roast them because that is a terrible take, and the CG looks like it was straight from 2006. Get them. Yep. So. Sure does. <laughs> oh. All right. All right. So we will move on. Uh, and the last story that I have, this was from last week, and it's going to dive into a couple things that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, Kang Dynasty, which is supposedly the next Avengers movie, lost its writer and director uh, all within a week. Um Daniel or Destin Daniel Cretton Cretton, who um, Cretton. directed the first Shang Chi and is still on board to direct uh, the sequel to that, had uh, dropped out of the Kang Dynasty, and the uh, Michael Loveness was uh, was the writer on there. Who or Jeff Loveness? I'm sorry, um, was the writer on there? Was tapped to write the screenplay, and he is no longer involved with this. Uh, so I know we're going to be talking about Kang a little bit in one of our topics. Um, but a little bit of a shock because it seems like there, and I believe you guys touched on it last, um, in, in the news when you talk about some of the Marvel stuff was that there, there may be a shift in, uh, who the next, the next villain or the next topic is going to be in terms of, um, in terms of the MCU. So I think this is kind of huge cause it, it seems like it's, it's pretty, um, I guess at this point, almost, almost not confirmed, but not confirmed that. Kang is no longer going to be involved in the MCU. Uh, so, you know, just to bounce on, I don't want to spend too much time on it. So I know you guys had, had discussed some MCU stuff without me. I'm not, not going to take offense to it. Could have saved it. Um, but that variety variety article, I felt like it was written like two months ago. So understood. Yeah. Um, no, I, I just I think this is kind of kind of weird because um, you know I'm going to talk. You know, we'll share some of our feelings with Kang in a little bit when we discuss season two of Loki, but. Um, I don't know. Do you think this this is more of a basically a confirmation without actually confirming from the MCU that uh, Kang is is going to be done in uh, in Marvel? Um, no, I don't. I don't see this as confirmation of that. I think. I think the upcoming trial for um, Jonathan Majors and specifically the outcome of that is going to play a heavy factor in. Kang's future in the MCU. But for now, I think this is just um you know, maybe they they wanted somebody else to take a pass at the drafts or I don't know. But uh it's a lot of effort and these movies, if rumors are be to 
are to be believed are going to pack a lot into them. So I imagine it's a tough nut to crack and, and juggle. And, uh, you know, as far as Daniel Destin Cretton, uh, maybe he just had his plate full. Uh, and Jeff Loveness, again, maybe he probably completed a draft and then they're going to look to rework that, which is normal with movies. Um, I don't think that this puts plans for Kang on ice. Um, I will say I'm not entirely um, destroyed by Loveness leaving because he also wrote Quantumania, which wasn't great. And um, I also think that should, should they replace Kang, there is kind of an alternative without go without doing doom because i know a lot of people were like oh well you know just shoe in doom and it's like yeah but i don't think that's i i want him to have like a proper introduction but um the secret wars in the comics were the original secret wars um which these don't seem to be based on these seem to be based on the one from the 2000s um they had an all-powerful being called the Beyonder, who basically pitted uh, all the heroes and villains against each other. And the Beyonder was rumored to be the variant of Kang that was going to be used in these films that incites all of this stuff, even though the two characters don't have any correlation in the comics. So you can still keep the Beyonder as the bad guy and just make him this previously unknowable all-powerful guy that has been pulling the strings and he can kind of quietly segue Kang out while ushering in the Beyonder and boom, he still have the same basic premise of the movies, just a different villain kind of replaceable in that regard. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Not I'm, I'm pumping brakes on these movies just yet. Uh, Harry, what do you think about this, this news? Yeah. And we, we talked about a lot about it last episode. Um, I think you uh, said a lot of things very well here, Greg, in regards to the character um, and in regards to the Marvel lore. Uh, mm. And I know we've talked previously on a couple episodes, I think multiple, where we've kind of talked about in Marvel's decision making because um, it is such a big impact for the movie going industry. Next year, there are four superhero movies. Uh, we talked about two of them with Madam Web and Web and Craven, uh, but to my knowledge, there is no Marvel movies on the schedule. Um, those are big for money next makers. year. Yeah, uh, Deadpool three yeah. is the only Deadpool oh. three is the only one. Yeah, um, wait, isn't Captain America also? They pushed it back to twenty twenty five. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think it's so, like February or March of twenty twenty five. Yeah, it's like Madam so Web, Deadpool. Craven, Deadpool, and Deadpool will probably have some tie-ins. But the yeah. big thing, I mean, for me is they got to start hitting triples, doubles, home runs with these movies. Um, there's been a lot of just, as I would love to put things, fine movies, um, some things alike, and we're going to talk about one of them shortly. Uh, so I think if what they're doing will get a better product out there or will get a better vision of what they want to do, uh, then I'm all for it. And hopefully Daniel decided to do it because he felt it was best for him as well. So, and, and, uh, the writers as well. So yeah, I just hope that the movie is actually good. So if this, if this plans to do that and, you know, like you said, Greg, we'll see time will tell. 
uh, you know, let's not count anything. Let's let's verify our sources. Um, that's why we have hands here to take care of all that. Uh, you know, so that way we can make sure that uh, you know nobody's mother uh, sees any villains with uh, while they were studying spiders in the Amazons. All right, that's all I got, fellas. Wrap it up. Cool. Back, all right. Hands. Well, thank you, thank you for the news, and uh, yeah, to echo Harry, welcome back. Um, so, as we alluded to earlier, we have two uh, MCU projects that we want to discuss on this episode. The first being the Marvels. Uh, so, hands, why don't you give us uh, your Mister Mister Marvel, I, as we call him? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> listen guys, uh, I I had the opportunity to do the funniest thing. And that was, you know, leading up to this, uh, you know, the joke that we have on here is that I've not watched Captain Marvel. Uh, I know when we, you know, we do work together and, and we have talked about this in person. I actually said, I give you my word. I will watch Captain Marvel, uh, before I do watch the Marvels. Uh, so the big question that everyone wants to know is, did I watch Captain Marvel prior to watching Marvels? Uh, the answer is no, I didn't. (laughs) I did not. Uh, I, I, I figured I just, I just joke is at this point, at this point, I'm not, I, I feel like the joke of just this going of me watching a sequel to a movie that like in the MCU that I, 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 you know, I, I really, I love that, uh, the, the, the MCU so much that I missed the movie. And so I decided to see a sequel to that, that movie. Uh, so I did not see it, but you know what? Guess what? I didn't miss a thing. I was all caught up. Uh, there wasn't really anything that I really needed to know other than maybe one or two things. They did um, do some recapping in the beginning of uh, this They movie. do do some recapping, yeah. and it's great because you know why? It's the other great. two characters, you know why? Because the other two characters, I watched their properties, and I watched their stuff. That I watched WandaVision, and I watched Miss Marvel. Um, uh, so I was fine. I, I, was, I, was, I was good, and I saw Captain Marvel in Endgame and maybe at the end of Infinity War. I don't know which one it was. No, Infinity sure. War was the beeper. I saw her around. She showed up, and that was cool. I I, I picked up the pieces. Uh, so good for you. Uh, I was good. Yeah, I, I made it out. Um, so yeah, so this is um, the sequel to Captain Marvel. This has um, Amon Vellani, um, Tayana Parison. Brie Larson. I am I. Larson. I, Brie Larson. Brie Olson. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a real person. Long lost Brie Olson. You're, you're yeah, yeah. so euphoric <laughs> over it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> So they uh, they they basically join forces in this movie. Uh, you know they they all have some sort of connection. Uh, the there's a MacGuffin, together. of course. There's a MacGuffin. It's a magic bracelet that someone finds, and then their powers become entwined every time they use their powers at the same time, or whenever they use their powers at the same time, they switch places. Uh, there's uh, an evil person who wants to destroy planets and take their resources. Uh, this is basically Ronan the Accuser for anyone who watched Guardians of the Galaxy. The first one, Darben. Uh, it's just Ronan two, uh, as I called her as I was watching the movie. Uh, she has the same weapon as Ronan, just without an infinity an infinity stone on it. Um, yeah, this is a uh, this this is this is a movie. Uh, it you know it starts, something's happened in the middle. Uh, you know, it's a, a climax. Some some stuff wow. happens and it ends. Um, it. I will say that. Um, I as what much a as I. Review. <laughs> I, I know. I I, I want to try and be like, very nice to the Marvels because I know that Ooh. it did go through some production delays and and whether like reshoots and I I I want to give it the benefit. Like I want to give it some praise because I do think it does a lot of things right. I think it got caught up in the Marvel train where it was doing a good amount of things wrong and it just didn't 
it, it wasn't it it didn't i was hoping this would be the movie that would kind of change the marvel mold um of movies that we've been seeing come out and and especially phase four uh you know poor cgi poor story let's waste some some good talent um and you know and waste some good talent in in subpar movies uh i i was in, in all honesty just you know looking forward to watching this uh you know i think one of the things is with the cast amon Vellani is fantastic in in the mcu uh i think she was a great addition to this and and i think putting her with um with Brie Larson and Tiana Paris, I, I think they are um, they 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 do mesh well together. They they have great on screen chemistry, all three of them. Um, but you know, my initial thoughts when I left the movie was, and I think I talked to to Papa you about this maybe the day after was, I left the theater and there were some things that happened in this movie that we'll talk about that I forgot about. Like, but by the time I got home, the movie's the theater's five minutes from my house. And I was like kind of just doing some research and just looking into some of the stuff afterwards. And it it was like I forgot about it. And and that's what I hate about these Marvel. Like same was that same thing happened with like Love and Thunder, uh, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It just there's not it didn't really move the needle too much for me. But the things that it did right, um, you know, they have a lot of the choreography in this with the, some of the with some of the action scenes are really, really good. I will give them a lot of credit because I think some some movies where they rely on a lot of CGI, like poor CGI in some of their action scenes. I'm looking at you, Thor Love and Thunder, when he has that uh that that nanotech helmet and the background like that awful helmet in the background is obviously a, a green screen. Uh it just seems like this. There's a lot of I know it's not practical because they're filming in space, but it just seems real. And the CGI that they're using for it to switch powers and, and some of the some of the um you know, some of the Marvel's powers that they have and even the the Dar Ben stuff. The last fight in this movie is great, and I think that, and I think they utilize some of the CGI well in it. There are some shots in this movie that are kind of are, are rough, and yeah, for sure, that's probably because the the CGI team didn't want to work thirty hours a day just to to put some of the stuff together. Um, you know, you have some of the returning cast: Samuel L. Jackson, um, uh, Amon Vellani. Oh my God, why? Uh, oh, Jesus, I cannot remember her name in the in the show. Uh, Tiana Paris. No, no. What's her Miss Marvel's name? Um, Kamala. Kamala's family makes a return, so she they have a, a little bit of a cons uh, the a uh, prominent part in some of the story at some point in this movie. Um, and then Tiana Paris. Uh, you know, uh, Captain Rambo. I Monica and Maria was confusing me because the uh, first of all, don't name your 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 characters mother and daughter Monica and Maria. I don't know which one was which for a minute. Uh, Monica is the one that is one of the Marvels. Maria is her mother, uh, but it got it got confused. So maybe I should watch. Maybe I should have watched Captain Marvel. Um, so yeah, Monica Monica Rambo, and you know they discuss her powers of how she got it from Wandavision um, in her first her first uh, visit to the MCU. Um, I'm trying to think any of the uh, the returning cast that was in this, the cat, uh, <laughs> goose, cat, goose. Goose was in it, but it's not a cat. It's a um. What's you might flirkin. win any time. A flurkin, a flurkin. Yeah. Uh, you would have known know, if you watched the first Captain well, Marvel. I know. <laughs> See, this is the little things that, like, I knew the cat was in it. I knew the cat was in it. Um, there's a there's a cat. <laughs> there's a cat that, that that's also an alien. Um, 
I I don't know. I, this is going to be, and I, I as we talk into some of the specifics, I know there were certain things that I, I on second thought I did like more than more than I um I did initially watching it. Um, the good thing about when I watched this, there was one other person in the movie theater with me. They weren't with me, but they were in the theater far away. So I kind of comment and say like, "Geez," like or say make a comment to myself, and it was like a couple times this movie. Um, I was like talking in the theater and you know, did they shout, Hey buddy, keep it down. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Try to watch the movie. So, uh, <laughs> so hands real quick. I mean, I know we're going to get into it a little bit later in regards to rankings, but is this, is this like bottom five Marvel movies for you? No, no, okay. I would, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't dig into bottom five for Marvel movies with me because I, I do, I do think that I can at least see that Marvel's, I don't want to say they're trying but I feel like this is definitely a pro a, a project that like I want it more out of. Now look at Love and like I'm going to use Love and Thunder as an example. Uh, another example is Love and Thunder. I had a lot of hopes for, of a lot of hope, and I feel like that it had a lot of potential to do a lot of good stuff. That was that I would say Love and Thunder falls in bottom bottom five for me. Interesting, and it just like and I and I think Marvels. I went in, I didn't go in with high expectations, but I did want more and it kind of exceeded my expectations of just thinking, you know, I don't buy, I don't buy into internet negativity with, with this stuff. There was a lot of, a lot of, you know, I I guess you could say there's a lot of people that were making up other people's minds based on the cast of this movie being primarily female. And a lot of people were, were using that against this and and trying to say like, oh, well, they did it with the first one. Right, right, and Marvel and Disney's trying to—they're—they're they're woke, and that, like, and like, first of all, I'm not gonna say it because we're keeping this PG, but you sound like a clown, you sound like an a-hole. Uh, sorry if if you're one of those. Um, but I, I that really bothered Clowns. me because I don't, I don't, I don't see that's not. If you could see this as a bad, if you don't like this movie, that's not the reason why. Because the cast in this movie is probably the strongest thing that keeps this movie going, but. There are. It does have its problems. I wouldn't put it. I wouldn't put it bottom five. I mean, that's save for like Thor: The Dark World and yeah, a couple other ones. Ant Man so. and the Wasp. Yeah. Am, and, uh, which one? That Quantum Mania. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I mean, initial thoughts of someone who didn't see the first one, but they kind of jumped into this. So, you know, I, I did see the other two properties that you had to watch. Um. And to kind of at least at least know you don't. I said something to work. I'm like, you don't need to watch the the shows. It helps to have a little bit of a background, but you definitely don't need to watch Miss Marvel or WandaVision. Um, especially WandaVision is it. I've at this point, it's like four years old, I think. Um, yeah. So, um, so I'll turn it over to, to just to you guys, just to kind of get the conversation going outside of me. Um, Harry, what are your thoughts? I know you're not the superhero guy on you. Yeah. You're, I, you hit, well, you hit MCU um, fatigue. A, a long time ago yeah and i even hit it before uh infinity war and endgame and then which those is came wild out. i'm sorry those that came was... out those came out and i said damn it they did it um <laughs> uh in regards to that so uh yeah now i'd make a case really quick off of your last point there i think there's a reason to see miss marvel um if so because as you mentioned a little bit one of the best things going for this movie is the use the use of the Khan family and uh kamala and her her family and whatever decision was made there to throw them in as as a side piece uh was definitely welcomed um 
And the reason why I issue this was bottom five, because I, I feel as though this movie is getting a lot of blase feedback. And I don't think it's a it's a terrible movie. I think a perfect example of this is if for a lot of people who will see this on Disney Plus, I think they're going to see this and be like, that was fine. This, this is good. What, nobody liked this. Because I, I think there are some humorous moments. I think there's some positive moments that might not land for some. Uh, I think the Tiana Paris stuff, especially coming from WandaVision, that's a tough sell. But they kind of explain that in the movie. Um, Brie Larson, and this is now maybe the fourth, fifth Carol Danvers movie, I think fourth. And I don't know. I'm not really. She's a great actress. She has an Academy Award for the movie Room. Um, I think she's great, but I, I still don't know, uh, you know, her identity as, as Captain Marvel. I don't need her to be Tony Stark 2.0. Um, but, uh, I'm just not vibing with it. And, you know, Nia DaCosta, the director, you know, the only major other film she's done is Candyman, I think from 2019, 2018. Um, otherwise she hasn't really done like anything major, so there's definitely been, you know, we talked a little bit previously in regards to uh, the Kang dynasty uh, losing its director. There's definitely elements for me where it's like, I think going in a different direction with, hey, we wanted to do this director who did uh, Candyman. And it's like, well, how does that work with Miss Marvel? So, or the Marvels, I should say, um, in regards to it. So. I'd like to see a little bit more better structure there. And as a point, I forgot to reference earlier. Um, and then you got, you mentioned the villain, uh, Darden, uh, uh, Darben, Darben. Exactly. Um, it sounded a lot like Darden in the movie. I don't, or Darben. I think Darden is a why. city in France. <laughs> hey, Ooh, Ooh, we, oh <laughs> <laughs> um, we're played by, uh, Zawe Ashton. Uh, I, I, I feel like she had a performance in that and they just kind of cut it. Um, I think they didn't pass her the rock uh, and she just kind of stood there and, and put up a couple shots and a pretty forgettable performance in a movie that is a bit of a mess. Um, you know, you mentioned a little bit about the CGI stuff, but uh, I'm going to talk, I'm going to turn it over really quick to Papa since we're talking kind of cast uh, and our number one super fan for uh, Aman Vellani. Uh, I can't speak highly enough of her, so I'm going to throw uh, the alley up to Greg to dunk it because, uh, man, what a what a delight! And uh, yeah, please please continue to have her do more things uh, in the Marvel universe, and I will say outside of it. But go ahead, Papa. Yeah, if somebody asked me to name the biggest reason to go see this movie, I would say two words: Iman Vellani. Um, Man, she is just such a delight, such a breath of fresh air. Um, very wholesome, but not in a way that is off-putting or like goody two-shoes. It's just like you just you want to watch more of her. So I hope box office performance of this movie aside, I want to see her in more stuff, but I also don't want them to overexpose her. Uh, if that makes any sense, I just, but yeah, she is, she's just tremendous in this movie. Um, really quick and with, yeah. on your point with that, like I want her, I like, I, I, I just thought about the same thing where it's just like, I, I hope that Marvel, like she doesn't lock in a 10 picture deal with Marvel because she definitely, I, and I didn't realize she was 21. So she has a, like, she's, she's older, I guess, from her 
from her character's age. I mean, she's only supposed to be like 15 or 16. But like, yeah. I, but I mean, I'm like Tom Welling played Superman. And he was like 30 and he was supposed to be like 16. Um, You're really showing up the references, my man. No, but I know. Um, so, but I, I, I just like, I, I hope that she doesn't like to your point. I, I hope that Marvel kind of keeps her, but I hope she's not locked into Marvel for like a peak of her, of her life. And like, I, I, I would just like her to see, like maybe do she, she seems like a, like a, the kind of actress where, you know, she's, a, she's, she's, is a delight. She has a lot of energy and I, I just want to kind of see her want to see her do other stuff. So I don't know. That's my little two cents. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So she's just every, every scene that she's on screen. Um, I'm directly, diverting to her uh to watch the performance and and uh everything and iman Vellani, great uh kamala khan great but also um like you guys had mentioned her family um the khan family so happy that they brought them back um in particular zenobia shroff who plays uh, muniba khan um her mother oh, man just talk about a great side character um i love the chemistry she has with uh Iman Vellani and and as a mother and daughter pair and um I don't know if you guys caught it but like the one scene uh where one of the Cree um bad guys was was getting ready to attack the dad and uh she just jumps in like total yeah. ride or die dude like absolutely like I love I love the way that these characters are written I love the way that they're performed um more of the Khan family, please. Um Can I in terms of Alright, I'm, I'm, I'm actually go with your thoughts and I because I have a, a little rebuttal on that, but we'll we'll talk. Okay. Oh <laughs> um in terms of the movie overall, uh not a great movie, but it was a fun movie. Um the plot was just an absolute mess. Like you said they had the MacGuffin with the, the, the quantum bands, which, yeah, or the bangles, which, I mean, they kind of had to resolve that from Ms. Marvel. Yeah. Um, it, it's, there wasn't really any other place that they were going to resolve that unless they did like a season two and just kept it totally separate from these characters. It makes sense to tie it in, but you're right. It is a trope that's like, that's getting old. And uh, some of the motivations for the characters just kind of, I, I don't know, it, it all fell by the wayside. Uh, the two biggest things that I, I really didn't like about this movie were the fact that the plot was so sloppy, but also the CGI. And I know it's kind of like beating a dead horse because of all the woes that the VFX workers in Hollywood have to go through and specifically the rigors um, that Marvel Studios put them through. But it's just... It's it's gotten to a point where initially when we see these movies with like out outlandish action happening or settings or whatever, I think when it when we first started getting to that point where it's like, oh, it looks kind of realistic, like it good job. Um, you know, yeah. it was nice and everybody was welcoming it. It's like, all right, let's go, let's see what we can do. But now that it's commonplace and now that it's being rushed. Everything just looks very sterile and phony. And it's like all of this stuff, like I'm not even talking about 
the action sequences, which I, I do agree. I think the CGI in those looked pretty good. But when we're talking about uh, like the refugee planet, Tarnax, that the scrolls were on, like at no point did that look like a real place to me. It just yeah. looked like CGI through and through. And I know the actors have grumbles about just performing on wall to wall green screen and all of that stuff. But it's like, let's do some location shooting. Let's build some sets. Like, come on, we got, <laughs> let's make this look a little more realistic, even if it is on a planet in another galaxy. It's just, um, we'll fix it in post. Point. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> yeah. Which is the Marvel studios mantra. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's just gotten to a point where I just, I look at it and it looks all fake and it's not blowing me away if i'm gonna be transported and really digging the action and, and invested in suspension of disbelief and all of this stuff you gotta blow me away and if, if that means easing up on your workers uh, and maybe having longer turnaround times or whatever so be it but this ain't it it's not cutting it uh and i hope they come to that realization the feedback is certainly there it's it's loud and clear across the internet now. So hopefully they listen. Uh, before I move forward, Hans, what did you want to rebut against the Khan family? <laughs> I, I have no problem with the Khan family being in this movie. I, and this is, and this is not just, <clears throat> this is blockbuster oh, type. This is not just Marvel, like the movie. This is something that drives me nuts. And, and, and I, I think I meant to talk about this on Miss Marvel. I might've mentioned on the Miss Marvel podcast or no, it was the TN community Turtles podcast. I didn't talk about this and I really hate it is oh, where man. you have super beings who are in the middle of, of some kind of fight or whatever. And I, and I know I talked about Miss Marvel. I, I despise it when the town comes together and start going against like against forces that like they normally could not stop. Mm. And it always like that fight in when they're going toe to toe with like the Kree that are in their house and they're fighting like somehow like getting involved with the fight. And then they're on the spaceship safe. Like, why are they in space? They like they, they should not be on that space station. They can get protection on Earth. There's no need for them to be on that space station. And then they end up part of the plot of saving everyone or whatever. I just for some reason that drives me nuts in, in just movies in general. It's mainly superhero movies where it happens in Transformers a lot where like that the hacker guy, uh, I forget who it is, and somehow they'll punch a, 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 a Transformer in the face and knock it out or something like that. Dumb. I, I just don't like it. it Listen, just, there's, there's a hero. There's a hero in every one of us hands. So, you know, you just got to <laughs> yeah, give exactly. it the old college Dude, try. If you saw Catherine getting attacked by the Kree, you wouldn't come running at one of them with a baseball bat? I would. I would. But you know what happened? The bat would break over their head. They'll look at me and then they'll just like pick me up and snap me in half. But the I point will. is you would. Yeah, I would she try. got away. Yeah, here, right, here's she got away. She I lived. would try. I would try. But you know what happened in this movie? Kamala's mom like took out one of the Kree or like and guess what? Guess how many casualties there were in that fight? None. The Kree, the Kree like yeah, it ended up because they had super powered heroes fighting that battle also. I'm I know, yeah. but I'm just saying later <laughs> in the movie where they somehow get involved in the plot of being in a in a spot that they should not be in. Well, all right, so the space thing is like their home was destroyed. I mean, you can't stay in there. So what is Fury going to be like? Oh, yeah, here's the corporate card. Go stay in the hotel. Yes. No, he's, he's taking them to space. Oh, I, I just uh, I don't know. It just but it happens in every every superhero movie, almost every superhero movie where it just or like or any big blockbuster where it's people who are just regular average Joes that put get put in a crazy situation and end up 
taking out aliens in some other way. It just, I don't know. You know, like Will Smith so and Independence Day? To be Day? in a fantastical situation. Yeah, don't get me started on Will Smith and Independence Day. I don't. Welcome to Earth. He punches an alien. Not even an alien in the face. He punches the alien through its armor and knocks it out and drags oh, it across man, the what desert. A power, what a power punch. <laughs> And then they he has a, like then, then he he punches it in his armor, not even his face, and then he says, "Welcome to Earth," and drags it across the desert. This the, this alien has magic powers, a, a telekinesis, and and he just knocks it out with his fist. Sorry, I just I don't know. beautiful. Are we done here? Oh, we're done. We're done. Um, that was just my thing. I I I. I it's not again nothing against the Kamala family. I they're very they're a delight to see in this movie, but. I just seeing them in that. It's, it's just I, I cringe at some of those. It's just they should not be put in that position. It's okay. not they're, they're way out of their. You don't want them the, doing the on war, screen what you would actually do in yeah, real life. Point the me. war comes to the home front. You just got to take a stand. You know what I mean? So. If Creek start coming down the street and everything, I'm hiding. I, like I have high. I've I have. They didn't have that option. spots. They I have in their spots in my house. I have like a panic room Specials. that I got to show oh you guys God. next time you come over. <laughs> I don't I can't have wait. Can't covered wait. under the stairs. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's held up this by like a Harry tiny. Potter panic it's, room. <laughs> it's literally it's it's as thin as a piece of paper, and it's got like a little like a, like a it's a Cheeto as a as a doorstop. It's a hole in the drywall covered by yeah. cardboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, okay. So, uh, just a couple other characters I wanted to touch on, uh, and then I'll pass it back. But um, Nick Fury, I I thought. Uh, he was pretty interesting in this. I liked that he kind of was lightened up a little bit. He didn't seem so self-serious. Yeah, he's got the mission and the the fate of the world in mind, but also um, able to crack jokes a little bit and, and kind of almost bring positivity too, right? There were a couple times where some of the Sabre guys were like down and out and he's like, hey, this, you know, we're still in this. Like, don't think about that. Uh, Monica Rambo, um, as played by Tiana Paris. Um, this was a little bit of a disappointment. I feel like, Harry, I disagree with you on Zawe Ashton as uh, Darben, and I'll get into that in a second. But I would echo what you said about her for yeah. Tiana Paris. I feel like not that she had material and it was cut. I just don't think she was given much material to work with the chemistry that she had in scenes with captain Marvel and uh, Ms. Marvel. Love that. Love the sisterhood. All three of them really play very well off of each other, but everything else outside of that just kind of fell flat. Everything else that she did was more so relegated to just either whining about aunt Carol, but, um, but the the depth wasn't really there. Yeah. Or spouting like scientific mumbo jumbo. Captain Marvel and Brie Larson totally agree with you. I liked her story, um, especially being seen as a monolith by so many people, just this yeah. larger than life person and her actually being human or human Cree hybrid, whatever. But uh, realizing that she is not, this icon that she makes she very much makes mistakes and she has to make tough calls sometimes and and they don't always work out and uh i really liked a line from fury about her caring so much it actually gets her into trouble sometimes um unfortunately <laughs> the acting from brie larson was not great 
uh, there were a couple scenes where I just cringed a little bit. And I love uh, Brie Larson. Uh, phenomenal in, in Room, like you had mentioned. But I don't know. I want to see her as this character. I don't know if it's the material or if she's just not buying into it. I don't yeah. know what it is, but something's off. It just, it doesn't line up. And I, I want to root for her, but it just, it isn't where it should be. Uh, and then the last character I wanted to touch on uh, was Darben. And I was not a fan of this performance by Zawe Ashton. I think it was very over the top. There were a couple uh, scenes, particularly in fights they had to be recorded in like ADR uh, because she was making like weird sound effects, like or just stuff like that. And like, for sure, I watched all the Marvels twice. I saw it with you, Hair, and then I saw it again with my wife this past weekend. And both times, that stuff really stood out for me. And just the way that she played the character, like the intentions, I guess, make sense. Where it's like, hey, you want to do this for the good of the people or whatever. Yeah, I get that, but like. I don't know. It just, it came off as very like mustache twirly, like cackling. Yeah. I don't know what was with like the goofy sidekick she had who was like, I don't like, I, guess... I think all that stuff got cut. I, I think like any <laughs> creation of that villain, it's just a stand in as, as hands mentioned, which I, I don't disagree with you um, on. I just think it was used as a, as a stand in for Ronan where it's like, here's a, I guess, forgettable villain for Marvel per, yeah. per usual. I don't know when we talked about this, but we definitely talked about it on a previous episode. I don't care about this villain. Even before I saw the movie, I'm yeah. like, I don't know who this villain is. It's an obscure character. There's nothing that I've seen that makes me think this is a major threat. And then the yeah. movie comes out and all of that is, all of those assumptions are proven correct. And it's like, what are we doing here? Yeah, you're just you're yeah, reiterating a character point. from uh, you're you're downgrading, I should say, a character from a previous movie. It's like Ronan was there. He was what he was. Even he wasn't great, but you know, it was decent and um and now we have like a, an even lesser than version of that. So, I don't know. I was just totally out on all of the Darben stuff. And one other thing too and you know, this isn't uh Zawi Ash's fault. It's whoever I yeah. guess the director and maybe costumer, but uh, anytime I see a character with like gold or silver teeth, unless they're a pirate, I automatically check out. I'm like, look at this goofy grill. Like, who's rocking gold teeth here? It's 2020. Young, young gravy, baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, literally, that's all I can stare at. It, look, if you're going to make somebody a monster and give them a crazy set of chompers, cool, whatever. But like, Joker in um suicide squad and this it's just like dude i don't need to see a mouthful of metal like <laughs> let's go just give me regular teeth and it i promise it'll work out better um those are initial takes on some of the characters and and overall thoughts hands let me toss it back to you what else you got for us all right nick fury i just want to really quick just to bounce off nick fury uh, i'm assuming this is the real nick fury this isn't um scroll nick fury correct yeah secret invasion never happened in my <laughs> book so <laughs> Have you yeah, I was the only one who watched Secret Invasion, and I can confirm after seeing the Marvels that Secret Invasion uh, is pointless. Um, it's one of the Does notes it take I place had after down. after this. It's supposed to. Well, I believe from what I remember when I was watching it was that it was supposed to take place before. 
But if I'm not okay. mistaken, I did read something recently that said it's supposed to take place after, which makes no sense um, timeline wise. So, okay. um, so this way, we don't know this if this is Scroll Nick Fury or real Nick Fury. Um, uh, well. Uh, I will say his performance in this is a lot more fun than it is in Secret Invasion, and there was six episodes of that. So, um, not to say Samuel Jackson isn't great in any performance he does, but he's definitely more animated and gets some better lines uh, in this one. Uh, gotcha. I, he seemed. I don't know. It didn't happen. I feel like they they shifted his character so much from from where he first got introduced in Iron Man to where he is now in the Marvels, where he he's definitely more comedic relief. And it just seemed, I don't know, it seemed off. That's why I asked. But uh, he I, I, he's like, hey, man, I probably won't watch Secret Invasion unless I'm like really, really, I don't, don't know. Watch I, it. There's no point. Just read okay. the wiki review or whatever okay. summary. <laughs> it's it's awful. OK, sounds good. Um, Darben. Yeah, I, I, I touch on a little bit. Just run into I, 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 Greg. I didn't even think about the sound effects and some of the stuff that she made when she was fighting because you saw it more than me. So uh, you'll pick up on these things um, one whole time more. Brie yeah. Larson, <laughs> Brie Larson in this. And, and every time I seen her in the MCU beforehand and I did and I will say I did see clips of um, uh, I or I watched part of Captain Marvel when it was on like FX or something like I have oh, wow. seen part Check bits and pieces. I know. Look at that. I'm I'm getting there. It's just putting the pieces together. Eventually, I'm just watching it at separate times, and it's like it's like watching a memento. Um, I'm putting it together, and eventually, I'll I'll see the whole movie. Um, but she, in this movie, she's she's very wooden. Like her acting is just is just weird, and that's it. Happens in the previous MCU movies where she doesn't really show any emotion, at least that I've seen. Except there's one scene in here where it's really off. Where she's talking about like the whole movie, she does doesn't have a lot of expressions, and then like even like her happy, it's just like a smile. It's just like we're a smirk or something. Yeah. Or and and the only time I saw her show anything other than that face is when she was chasing a cat around because she was so excited, and it was just such a such a a mood change that was very odd, and it just seemed off. I think there's there have been moments in the MCU where she really shines through um, in the first Captain Marvel, that higher, further, faster line, which they, they show a clip of in this um, where she's talking to Maria. Yeah, that's great. Um, in Endgame, when she at the very beginning, she flies to the Avengers headquarters and, you know, Thor does the thing with Mjolnir and, or not yeah. Mjolnir, but Stormbreaker. Like that's a great scene when she shows up uh, at the, the final battle in Endgame, and she, she's like Peter Parker. I'm Carol. You're like the character shines through there. I don't know what it is. It's like the performance is just spot on. But these are like just pinholes of light compared to the overall performance, where right. we're not getting all of that depth. I don't know or that emotion. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. She she was odd in this, and like I I know that her chasing the cat part was supposed to be like a, a funny part, and I was just like, what? Like this is completely out of her I, I don't know if it's like out of her character but it just seemed out of nowhere so i was like all right um one thing i want to talk about the the flurkin thing uh all right i want to go back to your the point of like just and one thing i of, of just this story being a mess because i feel like 
I, I I need to see like what the original script of this movie looked like and like how they because I felt like a lot of you stuff. Didn't were done. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. I didn't get it yet. It. Kevin, as he <laughs> said, he's going to send it to me um, it. probably after this gets released on Disney Plus. Um, so I'll eventually I'll get it. Um, it just I, there were a lot of decisions in this movie that didn't make sense to the overall. Now this is a let me. I didn't. I don't think anyone mentioned this is an hour and forty five minutes. This is brisk. The shortest it, Marvel film. It yeah. feels it. It is fantastic. It does not drag yeah. on. They use every minute or a minute 45, hour 45. With that being said, there are parts in this movie that do not make sense of why they're in there. Like the whole flirking thing and the egg, like that just was weird. And it was weird. And you could have done something else. Like you could have just had regular escape pods, but they're like, Hey, let's put more cats. Everyone loves cats. I don't love cats. I'm sorry. I know you guys both have cats. I don't love cats. I don't have a cat. I'm I thought you had a cat. <laughs> no. I thought, did you ever have a cat at one point? No. They don't call them the I'm best allergic business for anything, folks. I'm sorry. I, yeah. thought you, I, I thought you had a cat. I'm sorry. No. Well, I know you have a dog. I I do like cats. I, okay. I am allergic to them. Very allergic, but I like so cats. So am I. That's why, yeah. But I just, I, for some yeah. reason, I thought you had a, a cat at one point, like a cat and a dog. Okay. Never mind. Forget that. Yeah. But, cool. um, known each other for years, guys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I apologize. Decades. <laughs> I keep forgetting Harry is a cat because every time I go over his house or whatever, they're like hiding. They're hiding, Um, yeah. Several. (laughs) He's like eight. Um, (laughs) Only three. (laughs) But I just, I don't like cats, but to that part, like, but I just, I don't know. It just was, (laughs) I don't know why I thought you had a cat. I'm sorry. Um, Okay, well, cool. Yeah, but I just thought like a lot of decisions, like when the plot and this just didn't really make sense. And and yeah. it, it is a mess. Well, they tried to add things and then it's like, all right, well, whatever. I don't know. Yeah, like you so, said, like, I, I mean, go, oh, go, I'm ahead, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was just going to say, it's funny that you say this because I was actually reflecting on this earlier. And like, I do feel like the flirking thing, it, it's a good cover, right? It's like just slapping on some coke uh, in a hole or whatever to just to get it. But it's not like a... It's not like a permanent fix because, like, if you really take eyes to it, um, it starts to fall apart. It's like, all right, well, so Goose was on the station long enough to lay an egg. Were there other flirkins there? Do they reproduce asexually? Right. Like, there, there's all these other questions that arise if you, like, really look at it. Yeah. But in the moment, if you're just accepting it as face value, it's like, all right, yeah, you know, I've got to question it. It's I like, guess whatever. that's what it is. That's, yeah. that's yeah. where I think the movie succeeds, but also doesn't succeed with, like, the runtime, where it's like, it doesn't even give you time to think about, like, does this work or not? It's like, hey, we're going to play the song Memory from Cats <laughs> while, you know, we're kidnapping all the people to, you know, put them in the pod and just fit, you know, you know whatever, multiple cats in there. Um that was hilarious to me. Um, like I said, I think there are some fun moments in there, and I, I think the cat's memory is there. But another part that that doesn't that falls a little flatter comparing it is, you know, after the scrolls um, are trying to escape um, off the refugee colony, and like there's this big moment where like uh, Kamala is trying to save everyone, um, but Captain Marvel's like, you know, we have to just do what we can. You know, we're we're not going to be able to get everybody and there's this real moment of, you know, Kamala looking at her hero and being like, this isn't all it's cracked up to be, or to have this, you know, bonding moment. And they get to this, this wheat planet, um, that like, they just don't have any emotional payoff for it. They just kind of gloss over it. And, you know, they don't either make it, uh, a linchpin of the movie or the relationship of the three, 
you know, they just kind of, I don't want to say avoid it, but they, they don't lean into it. And, you know, that's, that's sometimes a lot of my problems with when we get to the Marvel stuff of like, you know, this, this has, you know, multiple properties that help connect to this movie more than I would say some of the other ones, um, you know, in recent times, you, you know, uh, with either setup or introducing characters and they just, they lay an egg, um, not a, not a flurkin egg, but they lay an egg in regards to, you know, making that connection or, you know, having that emotional payoff for when it leads to the climax of the movie. Um, and it's just, it's such a drag, uh, in regards to that. Um, I'm going to do a little segue off of yours. When you mentioned the, the musical cats, we're going to yeah. go right to the, the, the musical planet, uh, that oh, nice. Yeah. I, Aladdin, uh, Aladdin, I'm just going to, um, go out and say that I you hated, hated it. it. Didn't you? Yeah, I hated I this. I, now, it with, I, I hated it. It came out of absolutely was it, was it blah, nowhere blah, blah, land for, me. for you. Was it blah, it was blah, blah, land? blah, it was blah, blah, land. It was like, I was watching blah, blah, land again. Um, <clears throat> I will say that what I what I actually did like about it was Amon Vellani and and um with uh with uh, Kamala and Monica having fun with that where they're dancing and like they had no idea what's going on like their their reaction are, are basically the viewer of being like all right what is happening and I thought that part was funny with it it just I don't know it just did I did not like it I didn't I I, I, I don't know why uh, shout out Quantumania we would have really enjoyed Bill Murray kind of as the leader of this you know singing town um but not singing and like they're like like not that i would recast or whatever but like i think there's a lot of things that you could do to have fun there with it or even spend five more minutes maybe kind of just either poking fun at the planet or, or making it seem as absurd uh i enjoyed it because it was different and it was at least like uh a shot do you know what i mean like at least there i guess some difference in there but like for the most part uh i thought that was a bit of a hit um in my opinion not a strong hit but definitely was like i, I don't dislike this my reaction as when they started singing was i was looking at the screen again by myself in the row all my and i was like what is happening like i said it out loud but they don't spend too much time like but, on it like it's it's pretty quick my part with that is is then the guy starts speaking English, the prince or whatever, and starts speaking nor- not English, but like normal, non-singing, and he's bilingual. And I'm like, why did you just start off with that? Why? Why didn't you? Why did you just native sing? language? I yeah. know they sing, and it just it it, <laughs> it got it just. I I understand you liking it because it's different and it's not something we haven't really seen in a Marvel movie, and and, and it 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 comes out of no, it really does come out of nowhere because I'm, I'm I couldn't imagine being in a theater with a bunch of people yeah. being as confused as I was of of just being like okay that's their native language just singing, um but uh, you know they were having fun with it I do think that the set design I will say on that planet that looked pretty much for the most part all practical when they were actually having the um meeting with the prince that looked that looked legit like a real set but once they zoom out and then they start doing like the ocean and everything and then you're like all right yeah then right to yeah. your point to your point it's it's it looks ugly and it's ugly cgi but i think for the i thought the set like it was very bright and it, it very lively area i just didn't like the singing they could have just did like maybe they sang through dance or something but the singing really threw it off i i, I don't know why well i'll tell you what I loved it. As <laughs> soon as that scene was on, dude, I was grinning from ear to ear. 
one of my all-time favorite episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which huge Buffy and Angel fan, was the musical episode once yeah. more with feeling because it was just so so different. And uh, this is totally different from anything we've seen in the MCU thus far. Love that they decided to do something different. A little goofy, sure, but it's not like super far-fetched. Love the costume and makeup design. Totally set it apart from everything else. It's interesting because when they showed snippets of this in the trailer, I actually thought it might have been some uh, like Pakistani uh, yeah. ceremony or That's whatever what that like yeah. the cons were involved in. And then Brie Larson got switched into. But <laughs> I think this this is equally as good. And I found it hysterical. I loved that. Uh, Monica and Kamala were like totally into it and they finally get to the elevator everybody's huffing and puffing because they're like singing and dancing up all these flights of steps and then, and uh, Kamala's like hey can you explain this in song <laughs> and Catherine Marvel's like no <laughs> um, it was just a lot of fun it was a cool way for them to get new costumes really enjoyed this sorry hands yeah, we can't hear you, buddy, because you just yeah. And that's fine. The that's for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you sang it, can, we don't I'm understand. gonna get a T-shirt. Yeah, I'm gonna get yeah. a T-shirt that says they don't call me the best for nothing. <laughs> Award-winning. <laughs> they don't call Award you award-winning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like the hey, I'm listen, like the Ron, you, I'm the Ron had, Burgundy of this podcast. <laughs> you, you had you had a pot off. You know, you're getting back into the groove of it. You know, you're you're slapping some singles. You know what I mean? You're fine. Yeah. All right. Um. All right, so I I, I kind of went through all my my points with a lot of stuff. I mean, we could jump towards the end. Um, I, I I don't I don't really have much to say about the end because it's a Marvel movie ending. Good guys win. Um, I will say the final fight in this is, and I mentioned earlier, is is actually one of the better final fights that I've seen in in Marvel movies. I guess recently with the three on one, I thought it was done very well. I I, th- I, lo- yeah. I do. I guess we, we didn't really talk too much about the power, like the the uh, the ability of them switching powers. Um, actually, in that part, no, that part they were still able to. They were still switching. We didn't really talk too much about that. Is just them, which I thought was done very well with the CGI and how it was sw- the editing. I think it's a tough thing to edit with that, where you have three characters that are c- consistently switching switching right. locations. I thought that was done really well, and I liked the I liked the final fight, although it was quick. It kind of reminded me of like the Iron Man one battle, where it was good, it was but it was f- it was over very quickly. Um, I thought they could have done a little more with, you know, they they spent more time training for their. Yeah, how to control their power switching or their location switching than they did actually using it in a fight. And I thought it was, I, I thought it was, I, I liked what it, I just wanted more of it. Um, and then it leads up to Darben getting blown up. Uh, I don't, I don't even remember. Like it, I, she just, just slaps on the sep- second bangle and then, and it's poof, done and dust. <laughs> and then she's a dust. She's space dust. Um, yeah. but Kamala puts it on. We're all good. <laughs> yeah. What I don't understand about like in these movies and, what other Marvel? I'm trying to think of another Marvel movie where that happened. Where the, the it basically well, it was Guardians, the Power Stone. Nobody could control it on their own. Ronan had to put it in his Cosmo Rod or whatever. <laughs> and then when Quill got a hold of it, like he had to connect with everybody. Right. And I'm trying to think. Maybe I'm trying to think what other movie it was where basically it was the power was too much for whatever the villain, and the villain ended up just getting dusted and whatever happened. I don't know, mm. but. 
I'm trying. I, I, it'll come to me like when I'm like sleeping at like two a.m. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it just it doesn't. This was just a, 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 a this was a generic Marvel ending where you know bad guys win or good guys win, bad guys whatever, and then we yeah you know live to fight another day, and then we end up going into what I think is one of the most random endings to this movie is when Monica ends up going through time and space into another dimension that we'll talk about in a minute. But, um, you know, the, uh, just, uh, what are your thoughts on the ending? Did you guys think they did anything different outside of like, what were you expecting anything different from this? Like maybe like one of the Marvels to like, to, 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 to bite, to bite it. Or I don't know. Do you want to go first, Harry? You want me to? Yeah, I was going to say, talking about expectations a little bit, Hans, you you were doing that earlier and I didn't circle back to it. I mean, for this one, for me, it was just like, you know, let's see what you got. Um, you know, I think the overall sense consensus is that this is this phase has not been the best, uh, will not be considered one of the best. And so for me, this this one as opposed to, I would say, Quantumania, uh, Thor, which I think are the linchpins. Guardians, I think, is universally still loved, but was kind of really of a book closing as opposed to continuing a story. Um, I look at those three, and, and you could make the case for this, given how much was put behind it as maybe being a pillar, but I never looked at it that way. I looked at it as like this would have a chance to, you know, like you said, maybe be a positive. And I think there are a lot of positives in it. Um, I just don't think it's a very good movie. Um, and the tight runtime for me, I think, really, really helps with that. But Pop, I'll throw it over to you for some for some thoughts on that. Yeah, as far as the ending goes, um, the final battle with Darben, very brief. Yeah. Um, kind of actually circling back to the entanglement stuff. Like I, I like the concept, and I think it was executed well. But the way that it was initiated was another one of those situations with like the eggs where it's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it just happened um, because they touched something funny and you have to accept it. Um, but yeah, so the fight was brief. I did not, I think maybe the Monica thing, um, I might've been a little more emotionally invested, but I had read in advance not specifics of what would happen, but that she would end up in another universe. So when that happened, I never, like, I never felt, oh, she's lost for good or like, you know, we're not getting her back. Also, you know, knowing the plots or the theoretical plots of like Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars, it's like, yeah, we're going to see her again. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't ever worried like she was gone, gone. Right. Um, so, so Kamala and her ending, um, interesting. Uh, I'll, I'll save the very last scene. We can circle back to that. But um, as far as her landing back on Earth, that was pretty cool. And meeting up with the family, we got the love and stuff. But I wasn't huge on uh, her moving to Louisiana. I felt like part of her identity is being based in Jersey city where it's close enough to New York that she could run into other people. Did you, but... did you look at that as like her family was going there and maybe she won't be? Cause that's how I kind no. of, okay. All I right. took it as they all moved in, but I, I guess it. I could see where you're coming from, but then it's like, well, she's a teenager where she's staying, you know? Yeah. 
No, it's true. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that that kind of like put me off a little bit. Uh, and Captain Marvel's thing, where she just goes and ignites the sun, was very outlandish to me <laughs> because it's like you know you could just light their sun up. Oh yeah, I never thought of that. Well, and not even like okay, so I could buy in if you're telling me she stood from a distance and she used some power and shot some magic rays and all of a sudden the sun lit up or whatever. Sure. Maybe doesn't necessarily make sense, but she goes to the core in the middle of the sun and reignites it and magically survives. It's like, come on, bro. Totally just implausible. Um, which I know we're talking about a Marvel movie, but that, that was a hard bridge for me to cross. Uh, one other quick note. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that. So the only reason I'm, I want to bring that up really quick is because that was the ending to Eternals for um for Icarus, where he flies through the sun, and everyone's like, "Oh, he's gonna die because he flew too close to the sun." And I'm right. Like, no, this is a point that they're gonna. He's gonna be back. Right. Captain Marvel flew into a sun. Right. That's billions of billions of degrees hot. She should have melted. We see her getting knocked back by Kree lasers earlier in the movie, so it's like, right. okay, a. A stun gun can knock you back, but all of a sudden you can fly into the heart of a sun, reignite the power just, of a sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in the palm of my hand. Um, so yeah, that was a little off. And then the only other thing that kind of had me a little wonky was um, Monica going into a whole other universe. Whatever. I guess. I guess it makes sense, but not really because every other jump gate that was opened is within our universe. How does that one end up tying to a completely different universe? All the other ones were just points in space that connect. This one yeah. is a whole different reality. So like they didn't they didn't do a good job of explaining why that happened. It's just like, oh, here's another point, but this is to an alternate reality. Okay. Yes. Cool. They're like, like oh, our that reality <laughs> they said like reality is collapsing. I'm like, at no point was this ever a risk that this was going to happen. A, a jump point right. just keeps opening up. In my reality, a jump point just keeps opening up. It's just a bigger Yeah, those are exponentially higher stakes. Yeah, when like, when all yeah. of a sudden we're talking realities bleeding in. I, I would much rather like be more believable if like they said like a black hole would cause a black hole and open up because of a jump point. Not no nowhere did they say this is going to end up into another world. So right. okay. that's that's my um, issue. There's a couple other final points, but I guess uh, I want to circle back with you guys, and and then we can go forward. Um, I'll, I'll you know I'll jump on in in terms of the ending, the final mm -hmm. scene with Kamala, um, with the Young Avengers, very random, and the editing I I will say the editing on that was not, and I knew we all knew this was coming because we've talked about it in the past with Young Avengers. They've they've almost like uh, subconsciously beat it into our heads with by introducing, um stature and uh like you know ant-man's daughter and a few other people like it just it it's all but obvious that it's gonna happen um but it just it just happens because it's I, I think captain marvel carol said something to kamala or kamala said something to carol and then it just cuts to you're like okay oh, bishop from that show that was on two years ago and it just was very odd editing for me i like the idea of it happening and her playing the nick fury-ish role it but, wasn't just cut to Kate Bishop, though. We saw Pizza Dog. 
saw pizza dog <laughs> and came cool. and it just I, and it just ended with that like that would that is a post credit scene that is not the ending to the marvels that should be a post credit scene honestly right. i don't really care I, it doesn't matter anymore it doesn't matter to me because either way we're getting young avengers which is i guess cool i oh, how i don't know Ooh. i don't know um and right, then Harry, I'm, calm down over there and i'll jump into and i'll jump into the the other post credit scene um i didn't like it uh i i did not I praised the X-Men on the show. I loved it when they said Kamala Khan was going to be a mutant. But um, why can't we just build – why can't we just do this thing, right? Why can uh, – this is going to be very hypo- hypocritical because I love No Way Home. I really – like I watch No Way Home like a lot. Um, but why can't we just do this thing where we in- we introduce mutants into our – do our own idea at Great Mutants. You already did it with the Miss Marvel show. Now you're introducing mutants from a Fox – a Fox uh, – a, a whatever universe from 23 years ago. Like stop. And then Beast is awful looking. He looked terrible. He's just all CGI and not Kelsey Grammer. I'd rather really Kelsey Grammer in, in, in prosthetics. That should have would have been. But no, it was big old Beast. Beast looked, he looked like he was 10 feet tall. Um, I just, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, it, this is where we're getting, we're getting sloppy. Marvel's getting sloppy with multiverse stuff. And I'm just, I'm worried that it's going to lead into like this multiverse, whatever it's called. The multiverse saga is a hot mess right now. And why did like, and it goes back to the point of why did she end up in another universe and why did it like, I, I don't, I just, let's just, let's just work on our own ideas move the mcu forward and have your own creation of mutants now mm, i'm afraid they're going to bring them. mutants from from monica's whatever what beast is and they're going to come over and then it just it, i don't know somebody's he's upset oh man sorry guys there's right. literally steam coming out of his ears right now <laughs> sorry <laughs> i don't know you guys can go on the ending. I just it made me mad. Uh, it just it made me really mad because we knew this was happening because like Deadpool's coming out and Deadpool's in the MCU and 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 Disney so bought the rights Wolverine. to all the Fox stuff and Wolverine. Like that's that that's cool. It, I feel like Deadpool's a, a really cool a, like a funny character to to have fun with there. But I just I don't know. Like I don't want to I don't want to see the old X Men. I don't want to see the old X Men bring it be brought into the MCU like this. I I don't. I want original. I want them to work on originality before they they start digging into multiversal stuff like they did with Spider-Man. My thoughts on the final stuff. I really liked the uh, callback to the first Iron Man movie. With, yes, that was cool. Uh, Kamala. Kamala yeah. Yeah, showing up in Subpar. Kate's apartment. Okay. Well, either way, uh, <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. You had Kamala's enthusiasm and naivety, and it's like, yeah, we can form the Young Avengers. <laughs> and Kate's like, I'm 23. <laughs> like, yeah, we're not, yeah. we're not teens. <laughs> or yeah, she said, I'm, I'm looking for like superpower teens. Um, how did you get this intel on me? Oh, it was on my couch. Um, so I, I thought it was a, a great send up of that first uh, thing. And hey, I'm excited. Like. I really enjoyed the Young Avengers, um, the various runs and iterations of it in the comics. There was a great story um, involving them called the Children's Crusade, which there's rumors that might be um, getting adapted. Um, And I think that we've got some really great characters. Is it ever going to live up to the original Avengers? I don't know. Who cares? That's not my concern. It's just characters that I want to see. And I think that there's good stories to be told with an all new cast of, of these 
people getting together. So excited for that. I thought the scene was well done. It was strange to have that as like an end to the movie without it being a post credit scene. I'm not sure what yeah. the decision was on that uh, or why it was made, but it, it felt a little weird. Um, and then the the true uh, you know mid credit scene, the one with uh, Beast, I enjoyed that. Um, it was very cool and a deep cut to see uh, Maria Rambo as binary. For those that don't know, binary was an alter ego of Carol, uh, Captain Marvel. She had crazy Cree energy superpowers and she was running in space and all that stuff. And she had a similar look to what Maria has here. Uh, the second time I saw this movie, the kid next to me was being super annoying, swearing up and down. That was storm. And I'm like, it's not storm, bro. I don't know what they, you they want. Literally no, say look, it. At, look at the costume. No, it's not storm. <laughs> Oh my God. I don't know what this kid was on, but uh, <laughs> definitely, definitely not intelligent. Um, and then beast. So very happy that we got Kelsey grammar back. Uh, I loved him as beast previously. I think it's spot on casting. Uh, the voice is there. It's, it's, it's perfect. I'm still undecided on the look of him in this because it does hew closer to that iteration of the character from the comics and also the animated series. But like you said, hands, it was very CGI and not, not good CGI. It was like, no, this is an animated character. Also weird too, that his face, like his face should be covered in fur. So I'm thinking, Oh, if they're going to do CGI, they'll cover it in fur, but they don't. It's like skin here and everything else is fur. So it's kind of strange. Uh, I don't know. I'm still like back and forth on it. Happy to see the character. Uh, I, I disagree with you. I think that everything seems to be indicating that secret wars and Kang dynasty are going to be closing the book on all of these pre MCU franchises. And I'm okay with them showing up as a lead into that after that stuff. Yes, totally agree. Let's start fresh, get new casting. Let's introduce the mutants and the X-Men and all that stuff. Until then, sure, let's give one last hurrah for everything. So, yeah, that's how I feel on that. I'll get to my score in one second, but just one other thing, and this is kind of meta, like outside the movie. But there's a lot of weird targeting, like really nasty work going on of the director, Naya DaCosta. And um, the first thing was, uh, it was either Variety or The Hollywood Reporter. I think it was Variety, because I think it was actually in that Variety article from that we referenced in the last episode yeah saying that Nia DaCosta left um left production on the movie early when it was in post to go start on another movie and and things of that nature and basically in a derogatory light it's it's a very common practice there's a lot of projects lined up it's not like you see something out till finish without multitasking and working on other stuff it happens there's second unit directors they get involved you know or ad's it's just it was a it was really weird um not enough to say oh this is a hit piece per se but then we started getting reports either yesterday or today with the whole oh yeah she skipped out on the crew screening for this and it's like 
Well, no, she had a birthday party, didn't even know that there was a crew screen because she wasn't invited. And then the crew informed her and it's like she was already holding a birthday party. So I don't know. I don't know what the purpose of this is. If I had to guess, it would be completely speculation, but they knew this movie was not going to perform up to expectations or at least not take the fall. Yeah, exactly. And they're just they're They needed a patsy and it's like, let's throw Naya under the bus. And that is not fair. Um, I just, I don't, I don't like this. And I feel like, you know, whether it's coming from Marvel studios or coming from Disney, it's coming from somewhere. Somebody's saying you guys need to put this in the trades and, uh, yeah, it's it's just I don't know. It's icky. I don't like it, and it's Agreed. it's unfair. Yeah, so. it, it it is awful. Like especially a lot today, a lot and yesterday, a lot of stuff came out. I'm like, just yeah, I, you're right. It's probably the looking for a fall guy, and it's a shame because mm-hmm. you know a lot of stuff. A lot of these movies, I I've realized that that Marvel has put out. It's not necessarily the director's faults. It's it's more from higher ups. It seems like some of the decisions they yeah. make and you know directors are doing the best they can, but it's a shame. Yes. They have they have a box to work within. Like right. yeah, they can put some touches on it, but look, a lot of the action scenes are figured out prior to the director even coming on board. The director doesn't touch it. Uh yeah. a lot of the special effects work, same stuff. Story, same stuff. So like there's little flares here and there, but you know, a lot of a lot of the feedback is the MCU is kind of homogenized and everything looks the same. Yeah. That's because the MCU takes over for better or worse, you know, Feige and crew, they have a thing called the Marvel parliament that handles this stuff. Uh, And it it is what it is. So like to throw a director under the bus when they really only have maybe 50% say, maybe not even that is weird. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this stuff I think also stems from like you were saying, Greg, where it's like, they hit a bunch of home runs back in the day and, you know, kind of built the plane as it was flying. Um, yeah. Yep. And you would think, like, once you landed the end game plane, you would say, okay, you know, we now have made money over, you know, fist or hand, you know, whatever. And we now can reset and do what we want to do. But they just kind of kept the train rolling and, like, we're like, we'll just do it again. And it's like, no, like not everybody is, you know, like this actor or like this director. And it's like, you need to have certain things in place for them to be successful. It's like they're bringing in people and it's like, oh, you're the failure, not us. Like the system Mm -hmm. works. And it's like, well, the system works to what you want it to be. You know, if you're bringing in me for my style or flair, it's like, well, I'm not getting to show any of that because it's we'll fix it in post. We'll rewrite it. We'll have somebody else do it. And that's a huge problem within it. Like, I get it because this is probably the highest generating IP under Disney's portfolio, right? Or one of, at least. We're talking about tens of billions of dollars generated within this franchise. So I get that they need to have some oversight and, and some shepherding, but also part of what made those, you know, first, uh, uh, phase or two of movies special is the fact that there was less regulation and people were allowed to put in more of their own yeah. touches and, and flares and stuff. So there's got to be like a better balance to it. Um, but you can't just we'll fault directors for issues when there's so much of MCU's hand in the production of the film. Cool. And uh, do you have a, uh, any additional thoughts or uh, no, a final score? I, I- 
Yeah, I kind of my I'm kind of going back and forth with my final score. I'm definitely no higher than a three right now. Um, I not even that. I probably go like two, like two and a half, three. Um, I two and a half, two and a half, two and a half, two seventy five, three, three, three. Yeah, I, hit three? I, I would say I go three. <laughs> it's not the worst MCU movie, but it's not. It's definitely not any in like any top five or tens. Um, I it just I I, I did have some fun with it but uh to your point that we just talked about it it's just like how how much was involved and how much night it cost to have and then it just it i feel like they probably this at this point they might have realized that like the way that phase four was going that it probably wasn't going to be financial success and kind of it, it just seems like it's like more behind the scenes was more ugly than it really came off as i don't know it just i I I give no more than a three, but I think I like one of your. You made a comment where you're just going back and forth on a few things, like the ending with the X Men. That's how I am with this whole movie, where I'm like, I, I kind of did like it, but there are things that I definitely did not like. But just you know, I don't know. Go three. Okay. Hair. What about you? Yeah, uh, I just wanted to give my thoughts on the credit scenes. Um, I guess uh, Kamala got like a script from uh, Nick Fury on what to do in her interactions yeah. if she's inviting <laughs> she said, somebody. What did you say to Iron Man when you yeah. tried to recruit him? Was, is there a class that you sign up for for this? Stay in um, the shadows. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, stay in the shadows until you want to make your reveal. Um, I would have liked to have seen that been a little bit sillier, you know, maybe have Kamala like, you know, kind of asking her to do it. And Kate's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, you know, that's the only thing I'll have with that. And like you said, Greg, time will tell with, you know, we'll see the final casting list and who all is playing, you know, what characters and stuff. And I'm sure it'll be fun. Uh, the Hank McCoy, uh, you know, beast thing. I've mentioned it a couple times, maybe not on here every time, but they got to hit a home run with the X-Men. They got to hit a home run with Fantastic Four. Uh, they need to hit a home run uh, if they're introducing these. And I think it's a great way. And the two loudest cheers were Kate Bishop showing up and, and Hank McCoy. Um, and I would even say there was a little bit more for Hank McCoy. And I get it. This this has a lot of feeling of Anakin Skywalker showing back up to me. Maybe not exactly, but you're bringing back people and being like, oh, my God, um, you know, they're here. We got Xavier back. We're getting Wolverine with Deadpool 3. Uh, so the breadcrumbs are there for that to help integrate. Well, part of that, I think, is getting people hyped that, yes, X-Men is still coming. It'll be on its way. Don't worry. Here's another wink. Here's another nod. We'll throw a couple more at you before the next one. So I don't get up for that stuff because I see it. And I'm like, cool. You know, like Han said, okay, cool. It's Kelsey Grammer. Like what, who's going to play the new beast or so. And maybe there'll be a mix and, you a know, new, new beast. We had Nicholas Holt too. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. I almost <laughs> forgot about young, the, the young X-Men um, is in it, regard is to that. Old beast or young beast. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I gave this movie three stars. If it got into my head, you asked me to put a real ranking on it or an exact ranking. I'd probably say two, seven, five, but still like to stick with the letterbox uh, stars. And uh, I think it's better than two and a half. Um, so I gave it a three. Um, yeah, I think there's fun moments in it. And like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are your casual, you know, Marvel fans where, you know, they don't need to actually catch up on all that stuff. A lot of it is explained in the movie. It's a tight 145. It's easy breezy. It doesn't really ask you for too much emotionally. Um, it has some some funny and memorable moments. And like I said, I think the Khan family is, is a big star from this. And kudos to them for looking around and saying, what's the best part of these three characters and coming out with the Khan family for it? For sure. I'm going to give this um, 
a 3.25 out of 5. So I definitely enjoy this a little more than you guys. Like I said in the beginning, uh, not a great movie, but a fun movie. I had fun with it. I had fun the second time around. That's all that matters. If Iman Vellani and Ms. Marvel were not in this movie, probably be like a 2.5. <laughs> yeah. Definitely lower. So, yeah, I don't know. Oh, and uh, as far as ranking goes, and I don't know if you guys had it, but I mm. I have this ranked as 21 out of the 33 MCU movies. Wow, fairly high. I have this um, right in between Captain America, the first Avenger, and the Eternals. Gotcha. Yeah. For me, um, gun to my head, I'd probably say I have it. I really got to revisit Quantumania because I think I have that too high on my list. That's the thing about a mm. list. It's always changing and ever growing. Ever changing. Uh, but I would say I probably have this in the top 20, 20 to 25 range, I'd say, just judging by where I have other things. But you, you did remind me that I did forget to do that. So thank you, Papa. No problem. Okay, so moving on from <laughs> what? <laughs> I just that that silence is like, and we're off. <laughs> yeah, uh, moving on from one MCU property to another, we're going from big screen to small screen. Here we had our second season, the first second season yes. for an MCU show uh, of Loki. Uh, so yeah, you're you right. Yeah, dive us in. Yeah, so we jump back into uh, Loki. Uh, there's been a total of, of 12 episodes of this show. Um, there were six in the first season, and now there was uh, six in the second season. Um, I, I believe I, I, you know, I don't want to speak for, for us, but I would say probably Loki is in the top three of, of Marvel shows. Yeah. Um, definitely better than some of the movies. Uh, I always know we have to try to put everything together, but sometimes uh, it doesn't work out. Um, and basically the, the story of Loki is obviously the main villain, um, from the MCU, uh, with his mischievous powers, uh, he ends up, uh, finding himself, uh, stuck in a place where, you know, it, it's funny. It, it always says this takes place after the events of End Avengers Endgame, whenever you read kind of descriptions about the show, um, and the God of Mischiefs, uh, you know, but this kind of the TVA kind of takes place in kind of weird time and space. And, and that is a big Everywhere theme. Everywhere and nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it, that's kind of a big theme of, of the second season. Um, I'm going to kind of go through some of the episodes. We get back all of our, our favorite characters from season one. We get Loki, we get Mobius, we get Sylvie. We get Hunter B-15, Ravona. Uh, we also get Casey, who I don't remember him being that big in the first season, but I know he, I guess he had his moments. He gets a little bit more uh, to do here. They bring him off the bench. Um, we also get Hunter D-90, who uh, I don't know if he was even in the first season. Uh, you guys can correct me on that, but he kind of shows up as a, as a villain. Uh, we get Miss Minutes back um, as well. Um, we get He Who... Um, what, what's he who will, he who, who remains. remains, he who remains. I was going to say, he, he, who, he who will remain, he and, who yeah. will remain. Um, and we get, we get, uh, Brad Wolf as Hunter X five. Um, and we also get, uh, key Kiwi Kwan, um, as OB or, or Aurora Boris, uh, in regards to his introduction. So he's, he's actually new. I think he's probably the most prominent new character this season. You guys would say, yeah, for say sure. that's fair. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to kind of group these kind of first four episodes uh, together because I, I think the first four episodes of the season are kind of, hmm, I don't want to say by episode four for me that I was kind of feeling the weight a little bit of like, haven't we been here before? Haven't we done this before? Um, I think the series really starts to pop with the end of episode four um, and kind of the chances or lack thereof that I think five and six take uh, with trying to uh, be elevated in a way. Uh, so I'll talk a little bit about the episodes and you guys can, uh, we'll, we'll circle back. We'll talk about those four as a grouping and then kind of touch base on some of the characters, either returning or, or some spotlights for you guys as, as we move on. Um, so the first episode is called Aurora Boris. Um, Loki finds himself lost in time and is torn quite literally between past, present and future. So he does a lot of uh, time jumping in this or time skipping. Uh, we get to meet OB um who is uh who is a joy to a joy to watch um and interact with um and has a lot of a lot of the humor uh in this first episode we get to learn about the temporal loom um i felt like this episode just jumps kind of right back into things um there was also an ad i think with mcdonald's or partnering with mcdonald's for this so we get kind of the episode with sylvie working or going to mcdonald's in oklahoma in 1982 um, we get to the second episode, which is Breaking Bad, Brad, sorry, not Breaking Bad, shout out Walter White, Jesse Pinkman. Um, uh, the TVA is on the verge of a temporal meltdown. Loki and Mobius will stop at nothing to find Sylvie. So there's kind of a, a couple of different things happening here in this episode. Um, you know, we, we end up finding Sylvie. She's working at that McDonald's, uh, shout out key lime pie in this episode. Uh, pies brought in and listen, key lime pie, delicious. Uh, the episode Dude, kinda... I hate to do stuff like this because then when I see how good that key lime pie looks, there's nothing more in the world I want. I would sell my firstborn for a slice of that. Key wow. Lime. Unbelievable. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Um, Janet, if you're listening, me, run. Um, give me that Mobius special. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, this episode kind of ends, as I mentioned, there's a verge of temporal meltdown and the TVA is kind of splitting into two factions and they cut off a bunch of timelines to try and create things or to make things better, uh, killing billions. Um, and that, that, uh, that end of that kind of episode is a real, I think they do a really good, uh, job of pulling that emotional weight in of being like all these stories of all these different Lokis or these different characters are never told, um, because of, of what they were trying to do. Um, this is uh, the next episode is episode three, 1893. Loki and Mobius go on the hunt for everyone's favorite cartoon clock as they try to save the TVA. Uh, this is where uh, I think we got kind of the what was what was the preview at the end of this for um, what movie uh, was the kind of hinted at for Loki? Was it Quantum Mania? No, um, uh, or uh, yeah, Quantum. Yeah, I think Quantum Mania. No, Quantum Mania because I think that's because that had Kang in it, and I think that's why they made they made him. Well, they had, they, I thought they had all the Kangs at the end of that one. I, I thought it was maybe there were two. There were two. There was the one. I think there was the mid credit scene with the with Victor Timely, and okay. then the end credit scene, or oh. I don't know, but I but with yeah. the counts off Kangs. I don't, know, Greg. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. no, because Doctor Strange the the end had Charlie Theron as um as I can't yes. remember her name. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, so anyway, this is kind of what we got previewed or hinted at when we talk about with Kang uh, or He Who Remains um, in in this, uh, or Victor Timely, I should say. There's a lot of names thrown out for for Kang. 
Um, I really enjoyed this episode just because of the the difference in the feel of the vibrancy of the set. We spent a lot of time in the TVA here in these first two episodes. Um, and there's there's a lot going on here. We we jump back at a time. We're kind of setting the wheels in motion for, you know, creating He Who Remains again. Um, like I said, there, there's kind of the, the introduction of Victor Timely that was used as an end credit scene. Um, Miss Minutes in this uh, all of a sudden becomes a, a different character. Um, watch out for Miss Minutes. Don't trust her. Um, she's really timely uh, or he who, you know, remains. Uh, she's got she's got some issues. I, I hope she sees a therapist in regards to that. Uh, that leads us to episode four. Uh, the TVA's loom nears catastrophic failure, but Loki and Mobius and Sylvie and he who remains um, the variant have a, a he who remains variant. And that's Victor Timely. Um, and this one uh, episode is called, I believe, the heart of the TVA. Um, we kind of jump back into the TVA. Uh, we find out a little bit, too, that Renslayer is kind of being played. Um, because it's kind of left at a cliffhanger with Miss Minutes that there was something about he who remains that wasn't told to her. Uh, and we see that Renslayer was kind of he who remains number two, possibly, uh, maybe number three after Miss Minutes, who knows. Uh, there's a pretty crazy scene here with um, Ravona coming in uh, with uh, a murder box um, to kind of uh, shove a lot of the TVA's, I guess, rebellion in there. Um, which which was pretty pretty wild um, of a scene, pretty dark in a way. Uh, a lot of things I noticed with Loki when when I was writing my notes was, well, wow, this show gets kind of dark um, with some things. Um, keeping the timeline in order, um, there there's some hints here as well, and what uh, I will call, and we'll talk probably about Groundhog Day, Back to the Future, Terminator, uh, the show Dark on Netflix. Uh, I think the writers of the show basically stole a ton of ideas from Dark. Um, and, you know, the fact of, you know, uh, Loki, you know, ends up zapping himself. I think we get revealed in this episode um, and we're pruning himself, I guess, in this episode to kind of send himself back. Um, I might have that wrong with episode five. Um, but what we find out at the end of this episode is that the temporal radiation is too high. Um, we find out Victor Timely ends up being the one who has to run out there and he ends up just getting eviscerated. Um, and then we see the temporal loom break and that's kind of where I figure, I feel we get left with a sick cliffhanger before these last two episodes. So, um, if you've, if you've listened this far, uh, to the recap, a little bit of Loki, uh, hopefully you've seen episode five and six, cause we're going to dive into them shortly, but that's where I think we should kind of, you know, talk a little bit about these first four, because for me, I think. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of pluses with the second season of Loki, and I think a lot of it is hinges on these last two episodes, um, because I think the first four episodes were kind of starting to get a little bit, um, especially in the, when when you I I didn't watch it from episode to episode, I kind of binged a little bit, um, except for I think before the last one came out, and they kind of were a lot, very focused on TVA, and I was kind of a little bit I don't want to say lost, but a little bit frustrated with like, where's the mission? What is our goal here? Because I think there's a lot of different competing, like, what are we doing at the TVA? Uh, it seems like a, a ship destined to sink. Like, what are we, I know we're trying to like save the timeline here. And I don't want to, we'll, we'll talk about the later two episodes and with the, he who remains scene that um, I'm glad it comes back uh, in a big way in the final two episodes. Um, 
But yeah, Papa, I'll throw it over to you. Your, your kind of initial thoughts of this first four episodes. Was there any characters you were happy to see back? I know I didn't touch too much on them, but obviously if you've seen season one, hopefully you're watching season two. Um, and I, I think I think a lot of them, I don't want to say don't have much growth, but part of the TVA is, is they are who they are. So um, yeah, jump into it for me. Um, yeah, boy, there are a lot of Jeremy Baramy, timey wimey shenanigans, which, uh, <laughs> if you're fans of the good place or Dr. Who, those are some time references, but, um, yeah, hey, it, another, another reference. There you go. Yeah. Um, and shout out Casey, who was on the good place, uh, man, that's an underrated show. I feel like if you haven't seen it, definitely check that out. Um, yeah, I don't some of it could be hard to follow at times. And you're talking to a guy who is, is a big sci-fi head. Um, but overall really enjoyed the show. Um, I'll dive more into specifics in a bit, but, uh, he, Hui Kwan, absolute stellar addition. Love him. Happy that he was in here as OB. Um, it drove me absolutely bonkers every time they pronounced it. Ouroboros because it's pr- pronounced Araboros. Um So just a weird little OCD thing. I don't know why they did that, but uh, That's how I pronounce it it's for you. whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were just going off the show. You didn't know. Yeah. Um, OB as it were. But yeah, yeah. I, I loved him, loved his interactions with the main crew. Uh, Sylvie working at Mickey D's. I'm not buying it. This was a <laughs> former goddess of mischief an enchantress, all powerful. And she decides she wants to experience life by working a nine to five at McDonald's in the seventies or eighties. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wants that normal life, man. Yeah, like I get a normal life, but I come on. <laughs> That's a little strange. Maybe she can use her magic to fix the ice cream machine. Here we go. Dang, uh, get him. <laughs> uh, matter, and no matter how much time Loki has at his disposal, the ice cream machine will never work. Yes, yeah, that's that's the one thing we we just can't fix. You think as you think in his like millions of years or centuries, he like maybe stopped by the ice cream machine and be like, "What about today? No, all right, I'll come back tomorrow." And oh, had like, to three hundred yeah. years, yeah, just yeah. Eventually, you just give up. Yeah, um, the Brad episode, Breaking Brad, absolutely loved it. Great title, by the way. Uh, yeah. Love Loki bluffing or was he bluffing we don't know with the uh the the murder box as you called it um great concept there and i love that brad fashioned this life in a timeline where he was a crazy actor and you know he wanted to stick with it yeah so pretty cool episode there um i actually wasn't huge on the victor timely episode the one that took place in the 1800s um I liked Jonathan Major's performance as Victor Timely, although it could uh, it could get a little grating towards the end of the episode, I guess. But it was nice that he differentiated it from He Who Remains. But the episode overall, I don't know. I'm in this for sci-fi and for fantasy, and they're in 1800 Chicago, and there's just mud and wooden houses and. They're hmm. at a. I kind of enjoyed little, it. I liked. I liked it. Maybe it's a little it was showcase. Just a ch- change of a uh, change of pace from the TVA. Um, that I guess could honestly it's just, just the reason. I don't know. Robber barons like yeah. out there. You know, like oh, give me the model for the temporal loom. Like 
bro, you don't even know what this does. Shut yeah. up. So I, I don't know. I, I will say, too, I would have liked to have seen some Victor Timely, and we kind of get it, I think, in episode three a little bit when he's, like, trying to parlay, like, how he's needed with, like, seeing elements of a Kang in there. Like, I would have, yeah. or he who remains. Like, I would have liked to have seen, like, some, because it seemed like a, he was doing a lot of stuttering and he was very nervous. Like, I would have liked to have seen if he, like, got down to business where, like, there was this different side of him or he could engage in a different way on a different level if it was talked about. I feel like there could well, have been some stuff done differently there. So that's where it gets weird because Victor Timely is a variant of Kang or He Who Remains or whatever. Yeah. So this isn't going to be the guy who turns into He Who Remains. But then Miss Minutes is like, no, we're going to get you there. And it's yeah. just like, all right, well, which is it? Is is yeah. this somebody who will turn into that? Or is this just a completely different version? And it's like, right. hey, close enough. You know, we'll, we'll get you. So I don't know. Uh, the Miss Minutes, he'll turn now. <laughs> being absolutely psychotic and infatuated with Victor Timely. I, I loved that. Uh, I thought it was great. Um, Tara Strong, say what you will about her, but great voice actress. So love her portrayal of uh, Miss Minutes. Uh, definitely have some more thoughts based on the second half of the season, yeah. but I'm going to toss it over to Hans for the first four here. So I I, I will just on the – um. The 1893 episode, the one thing I loved about that, I, for some reason, I've read like multiple books on the Chicago, the World's Fair in Chicago. Like, one thing I suggest is Devil in the White City, which is about um, serial killer. That was basically H.H. Holmes. Holmes, which I think they're making a movie on apparently with Leonardo DiCaprio and I forget who else. Um, at least he was supposed to be in it. Um, so I, I was cool to see that kind of representation of it with um, with Victor Timely and you know his – his um you know the experiments that he was he was uh showing there so i i did like that um the first four episodes of this of this show are very confusing with a lot of the terminology that they're using to describe the temporal loom and to really get caught up on what the the threat of the tva falling apart is um there's a lot of time travel terminology there's a lot of explanations and i guess like scientific and physics explanations where you just it seems very confusing um it, i loki the first season came out i think two years ago two three years ago so it felt like i i tried to i wanted to rewatch it to get caught up but season two is much different than season one um i feel like the characters evolved a lot and some of the characters aren't they're played by the same people but aren't necessarily the same characters that we that we know from the first season uh i know it develops the first the first half of this develops loki as more of a hero compared to what we've seen him as a villain i mean the first season yeah. did that for the most part but um i, I think it, it sets up everything pretty well of what the stakes are um you know i i like the victor timely character I, I i will say that that episode you could probably spend like maybe a half episode with that whole scenario i didn't think it dragged on a little bit but i i love i you know, I, without going into too much of the off the off the camera stuff, Jonathan Majors is fantastic in this show. It is great as Victor Timely. He plays three variants of Kang and and does great. I, I, I without speaking on all his out like on in in the court stuff, I think he added a lot of stuff to the show where a lot of I, I think the MCU was missing. And, and yeah, I, I missing that kind of that character. And, and now like Loki. 
I think his character, the development was fantastic from Avengers, from Thor 1 to where he is now. But I, I just feel like they, they, they were missing that character or that that, per, that person that really elevated the whole scenes that they were in. It's been a while since they've had that. And I think Jonathan Majors did that. And, and he plays three very different characters compared to He Who Remains, Kang in Quantumania, and Victor Timely. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we got to see him in, in the role, that, you know, with this future of the MCU, whether or not it's... Um, you know, it, it sounds like it's in jeopardy with his pending court case, um, but you know that that'll work itself. That'll go through the process. Um, you know, outside of the MCU, um, I think once the second half of the season starts, and I think I I, I would say the show really uh, for me picks up right in the last two episodes, and it's at the end of episode four where it's episode four where the loom breaks. Yeah. And and you get that flash like I think at that point you're that's where the season there was a lot of I don't want to say filler because I think there was a lot of useful information. You know, we got Ouroboros, we got Obi introduced and you know, his relationship with with Victor Timely and, and I thought it was is great how they do that. I think this ends Victor Timely is the funniest death scene in this entire show because at the end of episode four you're like, oh man, he's like, be brave, time to be brave. He's, you think he's yeah. gonna get out there? The minute that door opens, he turns into spaghetti. And I, 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 I will say, I laughed so hard because I didn't expect it. And he was just, he was just donezo. It was great. It was yeah. so funny. I, mean, I, I found it <laughs> terrifying. But I mean, I did too. But it's just like this whole. Like, oh and, and this is, no! This is this is definitely. Where the MCU, where Loki took chances with the MCU of with a lot of the stuff, where that is not formulaic, that is not Marvel formula. Marvel formula is he's going to cross the bridge, reset the loom, and, and or whatever it's called, uh, the multiplier, and everything's going to turn out great. Not when the door yep. opens and bam, it's it's, it's you know. Um, but I, I I think there was a lot of filler stuff and you know introduces some of the characters that box thing I I've never seen anything more terrifying in the MCU and and sickening even though they didn't show it you can hear their screams that is, and Harry on your point that is extremely dark that is absolutely terrifying yeah. um, bro I've just, seen people do that trick on America's Got Talent yeah you know, uh, the boxes <laughs> cram themselves into a box <laughs> There's 15 bot people in a in a, a box the size of a Rubik's cube. Yeah, they, that's just like America's Got Talent. Miss Minutes has got a smirk on her face. Like this is cool. So I didn't notice that when I was watching. People screenshot that and put it on Twitter and saying like she is yeah. she's she's a mess. Like she's she's an and the definition of a psychopath. Um. So, I, but the first four episodes, I, there's a lot of stuff. Sylvie working at McDonald's. I, there was like a big rumor that the that whatever that guy's name Jimmy or whatever that she was like, was actually more uh, Mobius. In and in, in that timeline, and just a younger Mobius would have been cool. Whatever she wants to work at McDonald's, I'm not going to judge her. And she need, she just wanted a, that normal life. You meant to her, your point. She's a, 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 a goddess of mischief. She could probably talk someone else into getting like a higher, maybe like a CEO job, make some more money instead of McDonald's. But um, I don't know. She she seemed happy, I guess. Ish. Uh, what I do, I, and I want to say about the first couple episodes is. I feel like Sylvie took a backseat to this season. She isn't involved too much where I don't think she's sure. introduced until I, I don't even know if it's the first a couple it's a couple episodes where you actually like kind of see her again. She's a quick shot in the first in the first episode when you find out that Loki like pruned himself and she's but she's not, not as prominent. She's just kind of a lot of her scenes, her best scenes are more 
at least when she's in the few in the past or whatever the hell it's called at the end of time when they keep looping her and Loki together and she gets a couple good scenes yeah. at the end. The first couple's that like she doesn't she doesn't get much to do. She just mopes around and she's just being like trying to talk Loki into not doing what he wants to do. Um which is a shame because I think she was a highlight for me for the first season. Um one thing uh Casey being Frank Morris, if if you're not aware, Frank Morris, he's an actual real criminal that escaped uh, Alcatraz in that ever time, and they point that out. So the fact that he went missing and was never caught again is related to him um, being abducted by the TVA. Fantastic, great, similar to the DB Cooper thing that Loki did in season one, where um, he lost the bet to Thor. And uh, I, a great, great little piece of of knowledge with that, and and the little tie-ins. Um, and for Loki to be responsible for that, for the the Frank Morris stuff, is is, is great. Um, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I, I mean, for me, just to, to talk about the beginning of the show, I think that I think you could make a Loki movie and really just kind of make it a two and a half hour, maybe touch on episodes four, five, and six for me. Um, but I think like once it gets to episode four, is episode four is fantastic. Three is a lot of build up but not in a buildup in a way where it's a bad buildup and a lot of bad filler. There's a lot of information in there. And I think it, it without that four five and six wouldn't be as impactful as they actually were for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I also should say too, I believe dropped a trailer after episode four as like, yes. how, like coming on like the final two episodes. If I, I, no, I didn't bother to watch it. Yeah. I didn't uh, watch it either, but like it was definitely a, uh, a note yeah. of like, hey, I went, make it to the draw dropping, you know, finale of four. I went back to watch the trailer after I watched five and six. Mm-hmm. It didn't really give too much, but there are some risky things in there where you're like, yeah, of course. All right. Yeah. Like you yeah. obviously know they're going to survive whatever explosion thing happened because. Yeah. I mean, you still have two more episodes to go. So. So that leads us into our final two episodes. You know, I think uh, what I just wanted to mention also really quick, uh, Hans had mentioned uh, Sylvie taking a back seat. I think Ravona Renslayer also takes kind of a back yes, seat in this absolutely. season as well um, a little bit, uh, which both their characters are great, but we get more OB and we get more he who remains or Victor Timely. So I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of a wash. Um, uh, so episode five is called Science uh, Slash Fiction. Um, and Loki uh, traverses dying timelines in an attempt to find his friends, but reality is not what it seems. Um, Chris had already hinted at kind of what Casey's uh, life is outside of this in, in a different timeline, um, with the main goal being to try to get the band back together to save the TVA uh, with OB, um, who I think is a writer in his uh, world or in the world that he finds him in, uh, because Loki ends up. Uh, l- I guess time slipping again. Uh, I forgot to mention at some point he corrects that or that gets fixed. Uh, and then it starts happening again. But it turns out that Obi actually is not just only a writer. He's a brilliant uh, scientist that he went to school for. So of course he can uh, build stuff that'll end up hel- helping uh, with the guide of the TVA. Um, I love that he, he can't give his books away though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like how he's trying to buy them in the, the store. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. Um, yeah. They yeah. were trying to scan it and it wouldn't come up. They're like, we don't have this in the inventory. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> sitting on stacks of them. And he's like, yeah, I think I can get you a copy to Loki. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> and so, so we get a little bit of background into who Mobius is, who Hunter doctor or Hunter B 15 is. She's a doctor. 
Um, you know, Casey, we learned broke out of prison, um, in regards to that OB, um, you know, in his role as a writer slash, you know, brilliant mind. Um, and so they, I, they want to try to, I guess at this point, and I'll try to explain it the best I can for episode five, they want to try to make the future happen. They want to try to figure out where they belong and try to re, I don't want to say rewrite the story, but continue the same story, um, when fix it. And it turns out that that's not actually the play. Um, and I think there, there's a there's a beautiful moment between, I think, Sylvie and Loki where they're kind of the last two because um, he does pull Sylvie into it to try and correct it. And everybody else has been turned into spaghetti. And uh, they have a moment where they talk about what they need to do. And Loki talks about what he has to do. And um, he talks about he can rewrite the story. Um, and that leads us into episode six um, called Glorious Purpose, which is also the uh, episode one's title as well. Uh, Loki learns the true nature of Glorious Purpose as he rectifies the past. Um, and this episode is just great. I, I know I crap on Marvel a lot or I say it's fine, um, but this is this is a, a great episode. It starts with the credits credits going backwards um, in a little bit with the Marvel opening. I don't know if you guys caught that. Um, it's very much a, a Groundhog Day, uh, you know, type style, uh, where, uh, there's a conversation between OB and Loki where he says, how long would it take for you to, uh, teach me everything you know about, uh, quantum physics or, you know, about science. Uh, and he says centuries, uh, cut to a screen of black where it says centuries later. Um, and we're running these tests of trying to, you know, go faster, trying to, you know, make sure the loom doesn't implode. Um, and it, it's, it's a, it's a really like, I don't, I'm a sucker for those things where it's just like, we're repeating, um, you know, uh, what was the Tom Cruise movie with Emily Blunt, um, at Edge, Edge of Tomorrow, Tomorrow. Yeah. where like, it's very similar where you're just kind of running back the same, uh, fight over and over again. And so uh, I think Tom Hiddleston plays that brilliantly with, with the comedy in there and how, you know, how he's all of a sudden become a quantum physics master and answering all the questions and how impressed they are. It, it, it's very well done. Um, and then there's also the, the wonderful scenes of he who remains and Loki conversations where they talk about time and where he who remains underestimates Loki in a moment where he's like, how many times have we had this conversation and, Oh, well, once you learn this, come back to me. And it's like, well, he's already done that. Um, and Tom Hiddleston uh, plays it just so brilliantly with the ability to look like he's been through the ringer in regards to like, he actually looks like he's might've been doing this for centuries. I wonder if they were doing multiple takes to be like, but get him uh, so, so worn down with it. Um, and uh, it ends up being where, where Loki discovers that his glorious purpose is to sacrifice himself uh, to take the throne up as, at the person at the end of time. Um, at least that's my interpretation uh, with, with the visuals and, and the way the story goes um, and creating a new TVA uh, in regards to that and sitting, finally getting his throne, finally getting his, his purpose um, to be the holder of all the timelines together um, and making sure we don't lose any timelines and he'll take on that burden. Uh, for the world, for the world. So that's the burden he chooses. Um, so obviously, a lot to unpack here in episode five and six. Um, 
I'll toss it uh, back to you, Greg. Um, if you'd like to touch base on, you know, uh, some, some highlights of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would say that Jonathan majors, like I said, Victor timely, um, great performance, but he who remains is just his performance as he who remains is fantastic. Uh, on that really... and, and, and before, when you talk about after I watched this, cause I wasn't expecting him expecting him to come back as he who remains and, and see right. that whole thing. But you watch him from season one and you almost feel sympathetic towards him because you see what he's trying to do to, to avoid a multiversal war. And you, you see where at the same time, but then this is a much different character, like same yeah, character, but you're now. like, yeah. you're like, this guy is actually, he's a villain. He is. Yeah. He's doing actually, everyone. Right. So I'm sorry. I didn't want to, that's, I just wanted to kind of say, but go ahead. No, no, it's all good. Um, yeah. So absolutely love that performance. Absolutely ecstatic that we got him back in that role. Um, the Sylvie thing is interesting because I look at what was accomplished by the end of season two and mm-hmm. I look at it and say, Yes, this was definitively a Loki story, but there are all these side characters. We, you know, see endings for Mobius and and all this stuff. So it is interesting that Sylvie took a backseat because at the end of season one, where the decision is made to take He Who Remains life, it feels like that was she made that decision. She, at the time, her and Loki were basically co-leads of the show. So it is weird that her character gets almost relegated in a way, but I don't, I don't know that I'm mad at it, but I, I don't know. I I guess I wish there was maybe a little more, um, closure given for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the last few episodes, all of them, uh, including the finale had some really solid cliffhangers. So four five and six, literally at the end of every episode, I was on the edge of my seat Yeah, and it was, we were watching it together. She's like, we got to watch the next one. So we just powered through all of them. Um, but yeah, those, those were really, uh, really well done in terms of suspense. Uh, one thing you didn't mention is the CG, which is crazy because <laughs> we had this big yeah, discussion, yeah. but I think the CG in this looked fantastic, whether it's the the body horror of um, Loki's time slipping and all of these oh, things. Yeah. And yeah, the spaghettification like that is just, it looks terrible. <laughs> terrible in the best way possible. Uh, the CG is not overused in this show. And it, when it is used, it looks very good. So happy that they let the, their people do the things and, and, to me, the, the quality shows. Um, the conceit of Loki in the final episode, I believe, repeating basically his Groundhog Day going over and yeah. over and over again. Uh, that, to me, showed a huge leap uh, for him. Like, I know him taking the throne, and I'll, I'll get to that. That was really like the linchpin, but... The second he decides to spend hundreds of years, hundreds and hundreds of years trying to solve this puzzle for the good of all, for for everyone, all time, yeah. um, 
it, that really showed me that he had changed for me. And I know he's a God, so it's a little different. Um, but for me, wasting time is a, a huge sin. I hate wasting time. Um, I don't mean, you know, just chilling with some homies and watching TV or anything. I feel like that's a valid pursuit, but having to repeat stuff over and over, um, that's huge. And, uh, to see Loki willingly do that, to try to overcome this obstacle and learning all of these things that were beyond him, uh, just to, to kind of, he wasn't doing it to be the hero, but he was doing it altruistically. He was doing it to, yeah. to try and save all of time. Uh, that was just fantastic. And, and what a sacrifice there to, to make that play and, and keep repeating things over and over until he got it right. Um, and talking about sacrifices, the, the ending, <laughs> uh, Loki becoming the God of stories, uh, it, it's very interesting. This is kind of a story of friendship, but also loneliness. He he builds rapports with all of these supporting characters, and in the beginning, he's and I'm talking the beginning of season one. He's alone, doesn't really have any friends. Uh, his sole pursuit is mischief and kind of claiming a throne for himself. We've seen him usurp Odin yeah. before. And at the end of the series, he has made bonds with all of these characters who he initially despised. And he does not want to take a throne. He even says as much in one of the episodes. I'm not trying to go for a throne. But realizing that that's the only way to keep he who remains at bay and keep the the timelines from spinning out of control. He takes that throne begrudgingly. So Q creeds my sacrifice <laughs> and play that. But it really was, it was such a touching ending. Doesn't always make the most sense. I think he, he did that so that the timelines would not be destroyed, but some of the branches were dying anyway. And then he reinvigorated. I don't get any of that, but that's okay. I'm not looking into the science of it. I'm looking at the emotion of it. And the emotion yeah, was there. Pays off, pays off. We see a complete character arc for Loki, um, which is crazy considering all that he's been through throughout the entire yeah. MCU timeline. And man, it was just really well done. I'm getting goosebumps talking about it now. And that's rare for the MCU these days. Uh, really nice to see that transformation leaves it in an intriguing spot where if they pick it up, cool. We'll we'll see where it goes from here. If they never touch it again, I'm also okay with that. Um it's a good spot for him to land. I was a little unclear with um how this plays into He Who Remains station at the end of time because I took it as it was something different from that. Okay. But I don't know. I don't know if that is the case. I don't know if he is replacing He Who Remains if they're at odds somehow, I don't know. This is where it gets a little murky and esoteric for me. But yeah, just kudos to this show. Really, really well done. They stuck the landing. Love that complete character arc for Loki. I loved the endings that we got. It was it was cool in episode um, five to see 
where everybody kind of ended up in different timelines and yeah. Mobius just kind of spending a little bit more time and at the end of episode six, kind of seeing what life could have been for him and just taking a moment to savor it before he goes back to work at the TVA. So very cool. Lots of good stuff. Not always easy to follow in terms of what exactly is going on, but um, but yeah, really, really well done show. So kudos to Marvel. More of this care and love and attention to detail please well toned well told stories as well yeah yeah hands how about you so a couple things really quick and one thing i want to point out is and, and i don't know if you it, one thing i noticed since i was looking online is when um a cool little detail with this is uh when they were talking when uh loki's going to get mobius and he goes to that house the little house or whatever like mobius has his two sons um, there was a lot of uh, a lot of the um, like parallels with Odin because he talks with his two sons. The one son's more of like mischievous, the other, and then like one like one says something about getting a snake, and I think who doesn't like I forget who doesn't like snakes. I think I never it's and the that. that's crazy. And the other said something about getting a dog, and it's like the they people are like, is he like an Odin variant? And they thought that like they. Towards the finale, they thought he was going to be some sort of an Odin variant because of that, but it's more of a parallel, like like little yeah. reference. Yeah. Uh, another reference with Loki and Odin is right before Loki walks out into the temporal loom, he says, "I know the kind of god I have to be for you, for all of us," which is a callback to Thor one when he's hanging off the ledge and Odin drops him off the Bifrost. He says that's the exact words that he says to Odin before he disappears. Um, so I like these callbacks to the Loki character previously that we've known for at this point twelve. When did when did Thor come out? Two thousand ten, two thousand nine. Yeah, so almost was, like yeah. fourteen, almost fourteen, fifteen years. And it's uh, like he's probably out of any character that we've had in the MCU, like even like Tony Stark, Captain America, all these the main ones. He's had the be- the most character development, and and I, I think that. To go from one end to another as a villain to where they're at, at where he's at now, it, it's a complete 180, but it's it's told so well through a, a, a show about time travel and something that's not – this is something that Marvel did when they took a chance with with, with Guardians is they took told a story that isn't familiar with a lot of people in the comics with like the TVA. They they took this subject, subject and – turned it into something that is probably in my opinion their best product since i I don't i would i would probably infinity war um it's just a well-told show and uh, you know will we get more i don't know now leading up to some of the stuff that like i love the groundhog day stuff and and one ref one thing i would recommend if you like that kind of stuff and if you watch doctor who there's an episode called heaven sent with peter capaldi um where it's very similar where he lives through like 7,000 years of being in a time loop um, where he's in a castle. It's basically his own prison. One, It's rated, I think, one of the best Doctor Who episodes of all time. Um, so I definitely recommend it. It's 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 incredible. I, I'm not a big Doctor Who guy, but I've watched that. And the storytelling with that is, is really good. So I would recommend checking that out, that episode out. Um, I, I think that how he shifted, I, I love that episode where he's going back and, and just some of the references, like there's a back to the future reference in there with the model, almost like the dialogue where OB says something like the model's not the scale. And I only put one coat of paint in that dialogue is, di- yeah. is directly from back to the future. Um, Doc Brown says that when he's talking about the model of Hill Valley. So um, 
another great little, you know, thing about a reference to another movie about time travel. Um, the show is just so clever with how they handled a very complicated thing and dealing with time travel and multiversal stuff. Going to the He Who Remains stuff, I love that. I love how you mentioned it, Greg, where he says about the throne where Loki yells, a throne is the last thing I want. And that's where he's at right now. He he literally says he's literally sitting on a throne a whole yeah. time together. He had mentioning it when I mentioned He Who Remains is is he's diabolical. He set everything up and knew. I like how he makes fun of himself with Victor Timely because he has the stutter. And I thought that was a nice little touch. Um, a lot of things that I and I learned about Jonathan Majors when the first season is a lot of that stuff. He it was just like it was just ad libbed that he didn't really like it wasn't in the script that he did himself, which I really would like to see like with that conversation of how they had this. It just he seems like he puts a like a different spin on the character than what we were aware of and it's kind of revealed as he's pulling the strings of almost everything like he was the one making loki time slip like gave him that ability and and everything like he even admits to it um and i love that back and forth and whether or not that's the last time we see he who remains i don't know um but i think once loki realizes what his purpose is and what he has to do when he when he um time jumps back to mobius when we first see him and mobius meet and you know he realizes what he has to do and like who he has to save and you know we, that was you learn a great that scene. you learn yeah and you learn a lot of and and this is it might be a, a Marvel segue where you 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 know he's talking about uh, when he's in the what is it, in the in the Black Sea him and R- Ravona have to prune a child who's responsible for the death of like three thousand people. people. Internet's already going nuts and they say you know where where's what's around the Black Sea which is um, Latveria. Latveria, which Doctor Doom, bam, they're they're already they're already. Oh, I didn't even his, make that connection. They're already <laughs> planting the seeds. So, um, you know, I I think that's 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 actually like really cool how they they if that's the case. Um, a couple things that like with Loki turning into the God of Stories, the whole sequence, and going back to the point of CGI, this is where the CGI budget went. This CGI in this is is fantastic. It looks great. It's queued up with the music. It, it's the the music in this is is. Not regular Michael Giacchino, Giacchino Marvel music. This is I don't know who did this. It's it's perfect. I've listened to the soundtrack in in my car, like just driving to work. I think it's 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 great. Um, but I definitely bump that final credits and credits oh yeah. uh, music. Oh which, yeah, which I, like I, I've even theme. I've even went on YouTube and got the twenty second clip of the Marvel backwards, and I'm like, oh, this is nice. <laughs> like, like so, um, but you get you get so many like. I, I it almost makes me sad because of the fact that they might not do a Loki season three, and it's a perfect way to end this of Loki where being where he is now and sitting on a throne that he didn't want and hold, literally holding time together. Um, whether or not that that gets reintroduced in Secret Wars or Kang Dynasty, I don't know. It's possible that could you know as of right now the multiverse is stable, but if they're doing Secret Wars, which is a multiversal event, that's going to have to. You know that's going to have to break apart. Um, you know, Natalie I think one of my fa- Holt, by the way, was the composer for all the episodes. Okay, um, she also did Obi Wan and uh, she had some involvement with Paddington. So, oh, good. Look at that. You got you got Paddington, Star Wars, and and Loki. Um, there you go. No, the music in this is excellent. Perfect. Um, you know, I I like the I like the after uh after 
Loki did the sacrifice and you learn where the characters are and the TVA is now more of a protective agency against he who remains and all his variants. Nice little callback to Quantumania in that, which is I thought is great. Yeah. Um and you get to see like one of my favorite moments is with Mobius is when he goes to the house and he finds out where he was pruned from or where he's taken from. And he has one probably the one of the, my favorite lines in the in Marvel where he's like, I'm just gonna stay here and let time pass which is something he never had that opportunity to do working for a, the TVA that didn't exist in time. It, it just was like kind of frozen in time. Um, so I thought that, that like nice little moment. Um, and then you hear like Loki hear him through the timelines of whatever that he's holding together and lets that little smile. Um, I, I thought it, it ended so great. And, and, and it, it, like I said, it makes me sad because, you know, we might not – next time we see Loki, it's probably – I'm going to say we see him die. We've seen him die like six times um, already. Um, it's like, he's like the Uncle Ben. He's like the Uncle Ben of Marvel. They just kill him every time he's on screen. Like the beginning of a project, it's like, well, got to Loki. Um, but I, I just uh, – you know, it's it'll be interesting and there's a lot of rumors that the TVA might be involved in Deadpool 3, which I think will be really cool and if they have some fun with that. Um, but – you know, we'll we'll see, but I think leading up, uh, this this show it really is probably the. I this was something, and, I, and I'm on record on this show saying I am not excited for Loki. I think Loki is going to be it, it is not needed. This is a show that is not a necessity for Marvel fans, and I, Got I, him. I could not have been more. <laughs> this is one thing. Like I'm I'm known for my really bad like sports hot takes saying like Nick Foles is not the answer for the Eagles and, and all that stuff. And, and look at that. This is saying Loki. I'm like, um, I'll watch like three episodes and probably get bored. No, I like, I, I, I really do love this show. And I think like this is kind of taking Marvel in the right direction. If they're going more towards multiversal stuff. And I wish, I wish this was more of a, a, a big, a, a, like a, a theater event and a movie release because more people, might be drawn towards it i think a lot of stuff because disney put a boatload of stuff out that streaming is not the way to go for this kind of event but i mean for me for us it worked out i loved it i just hope that we get to see more of this storytelling done with quality and not just pumping movies out and maybe the fact that there's only one marvel movie coming out next year that matters which is deadpool 3 that'll you know maybe they're going back to the drawing board and saying you know let's get I, I need the Loki team to be involved in Kang Dynasty and call it whatever they want. I don't care. They call mm. it Loki Dynasty. I don't care. You call it. You call it. You make it your wish. I, I think the uh, the creators of this will will be kind of the new Russos as far as like handling hope a lot of stuff with Marvel. You call them. You call the next one uh, Avengers uh, McDonald's Employee of the Month. I don't care. And and you're in. I'm in. McDonald's Fantastic. ice cream. <laughs> the ice cream machine dynasty. <laughs> Beautiful. That's that's the real villain. <laughs> that's the real villain. The ice cream machine just doesn't work. Oh my god! Things been collecting unemployment for fifty years. Oh, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. What are we thinking for scores, Hair? What would you give? Yeah, Lady? I think for me, I think in regards to the the shows for Marvel, I think this is probably now top of the pops. Uh, I mean, it does have two seasons. Uh, and to be fair, it's only 12 episodes. I think that's the same amount that uh, WandaVision had. Um, listen, the competition isn't that, isn't that tough. But as you guys have mentioned, uh, you know, I think this is one of the one of the top uh, 
jobs at, at Marvel uh, in regards to projects. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving this a, this a solid uh, four um, out of five. Um, so eight out of 10, if that's how you want to rank it, I think this is a, a very, very solid production. As we mentioned, there's definitely some flaws. If you want to nitpick in regards to what is the purpose of every character, you know, how does this exactly work? Uh, those first four episodes, you could kind of call them a little bit filler if you really wanted to get nitpicky. But I think overall, I think this is a, a great show. And if, if you made it this far and haven't watched it, um, I think it's worth diving into and, uh, and and putting it on the the Marvel calendar to watch. And how about you? All right. So I rate, you know, how I do it. Like, I'll rate superhero movies differently than I'm going to watch, like, a Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Like, I, like honestly, like, I, I rate them amongst the, the quality of, of what a superhero project would be. In terms of Marvel shows, this, for me, this is this is a, a near-perfect show. So I, I would go, like, 475 for me. Whoa. For, for this. Heavy. Um, only because, like, and, and I, you know, I'm not. I would put like Infinity War like a five out of five, like that kind of thing. But that's like I that's I it's for what it is, that's how I'm gonna rate it. I won't rate this you know, I'm not I'm not gonna be like, oh, what's better, Loki or there will be blood. What's gonna have the, the what's what's gonna have the higher ranking? Um but I, I think in terms of a Marvel an MCU T V project that and Harry you said like, probably more lower scores than normal. Yeah. Um I, I'd put this as as probably the best project that the best show that marvel's put out to date so hopefully i don't even know if they have anything else lined up i know they got that echo. may continue echo might well, take that spot yeah there's echo daredevil born again <laughs> iron heart's iron been heart. completed yeah. yeah so there's yeah, there's right. still a lot of irons in the fire um i've really gone back and forth about four stars or 4.25 i think i'm gonna go 4.25 just because that ending just hit all the right notes for me. Um, I think if it had been a little less impactful, four would be a fair score for me. But uh, but yeah, 4.25 is where I land. It's tough. I still hate kind of giving up on WandaVision as my favorite because that was the first uh, Disney plus uh, MCU show. And I have so much love for that, but I think probably if I were to rewatch it, yeah, I think Loki would top it in terms of character work and all that stuff. Um, But yeah, tremendous. Um, Very happy with Loki. All right, folks. Well, that wraps up our massive MCU roundup with the latest offerings. Um, Harry, anything for the peeps? Thanks so much for guys. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, We do as well. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, You know, hey, if you if you haven't dove into this stuff and you were just kind of looking to see our thoughts and if it's worth checking out, uh, definitely make the time to do so. Uh, And hey, maybe we'll we'll see you guys uh, for some more uh, Marvel fun in the future. Absolutely, hands. Anything for the peeps? Yeah, I, 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 well, by the time everyone's listening to this, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and I hope you oh, enjoyed yeah. the day and you got some Black Friday deals. Um, you know, we'll see. Uh, this is, uh, you know, I'm excited actually, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I, without giving away, I'm actually excited for our next episode. Um, mm. because I think we're, we're kind of going a little bit off the, off the rail of our normal, our normal topic. But, you know, I think, 
I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm really excited about that but outside of this is going to be the last I think for Marvel or TV shows or movies this is going to be it for a bit because with 2024 and the release schedule I think yeah, it's going to it's going to be weird we're going to have to yeah. rely on film festivals so I might as well just take a couple more times off unless unless we want to talk what if <laughs> I forgot Ooh, about that is coming right. out yeah, yeah. That uh, yeah. as well all right well, maybe maybe we can <laughs> do that got me back in Maybe maybe yeah. we talk about that Sony idea I talked about where we just nitpick their uh, oh, terrible goodness. movies. Oh, no. No way. <laughs> Me and Greg aren't silent. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning in, as always. Yes, we hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving and holiday break. If you got any leftovers, send them my way. All about that turkey life. Uh, other than that, be, be safe, stay well, and uh, give your loved ones a hug, as always. We remain the Hot Takes crew and make sure you live spicy.